how's that tie to the boys? So I look at the boys, and I'm like, okay, boys, they don't know this, but they will acquire a good amount of, of assets when her and I pass. Um, hopefully much later than sooner. We've set up a trust. They cannot, um, they can't do anything with it until they're 30. Uh, we have an individual that is responsible if something like a case of emergency button hits, they have to take care. They are responsible to grow the portfolio. We helped and taught that individual how to do what needs to be done. The podcast is there to help do that as well. It's informational. This is all the plan. If we die tomorrow, we have it in place. So we, we, we lined it up that's just one piece because now we ask the question how do we not make them some rich assholes put on your mental track shoes and run with me this is the powwow with myra welcome to the powwow today we have christopher story chris thanks for being here today absolutely absolutely excited to be here thanks thanks for making the time uh so to to get things started and uh to kick things off i'd like to get started by uh, knowing a little bit more about who you are. So who is Christopher's story and what do you do? Origin story. Um, do you want the origin story? Or just yes, all of it. All right, cool. So can I just ride through it? Uh, I can start at the top, start at the bottom. Uh, <laughs> so I am, um, I mean, I'm a business owner. Um, I'm a young guy. I still consider myself young. Uh, I think if you had to wrap it up, who Christopher is, uh, high school dropout, ninth year, ninth grade education, and it's just, bootstrapped his business from you know zero to to what it is so uh that's kind of that my my beginning phases uh, as far as you know where who i am mm. uh, as far as like kind of how things came about or or um you know how they unfolded how they unfolded so i remember sitting in you know i was always rebellious right so i dropped out i guess i, I dropped, dropped out of school at the age of 17 um and so kind of like to back things up at about 13 years old i kind of i started doing jujitsu i knew like okay i want to do jujitsu uh, i had somebody ask me and this is again way origin story i had someone asking me that they wanted to or not asked to tell me that they were going to beat me up someone said hey i'm gonna beat you up mm. I was talk, i had a loud mouth talk some shit and they were like i'm gonna beat you up so i was like well fuck, i don't know how to fight i was like i don't know what to do so um so i Went home. I, I told my mom. I said, "Mom, I, I'm a. Uh, I, I, I want to do martial arts, but I don't want to do kempo because I thought kempo was bullshit. My brother did it. So, and so we ended up at a jujitsu academy, and that jujitsu academy was very small. Um, I mean, like you know, you do jujitsu, so to kind of give you some an idea, the highest rank in there was a purple belt. The um, it was not common to have a lot of blue belts, and it was just a very small school. I showed up, I did a, a class, or I did like a one-on-one -on -one introductory lesson, not, not what you see today. Did an introductory lesson. He showed me, the, the instructor showed Orlando, showed me an arm lock, uh, showed me the mount. Now you gotta remember I'm 13, so just kind of put some perspective on this. You're 13 years old, your hormones are raging, you walk in, you're like, it's a bunch of sweaty dudes rolling each other, this shit's gay. So I'm like, uh, like show me how it chokes. I'm like, sure, mom, I'm gonna try it. So I actually <laughs> signed up that night. Um, you know, but it was like I said, it was you know, you're 13, man. Like you, you know, but I I wanted to really learn to defend myself. So I got involved. I wasn't that serious with it. Somewhere about six months in, I got serious. But within that six months, a little later, from I started in January, and then January to 
uh, about so June rolled around and I was a Boy Scout mm. um, and I needed community service hours. So I was like, hey, Orlando, can I be here at the school to clean mm. and just get some hours and shit? And he's like, sure. Well, I fell in love with it and ended up basically coming to school for from, I don't know, um, I, I would show up at like nine o'clock in the morning. My mom would drop me off. Uh, I would clean. I would do everything. I'd work for, I'd basically work for free. And spend my entire day with Orlando and just as, you know, so I got to become very close with him. Wow. So it, that's when I fell in love. I was like, okay, mm. I want to do this because we go to lunches and stuff, right? So this is when everything starts taking. We go to lunch. We we train. I clean. We train the adult class, like like a 1030 class. We go to lunch and then we come back and I, and I, I, I and we do kids class and then I would go home because I was in the kids class. I, I was like. I was 13. I was doing both adults and kids. And I would train the adult class too at night. So I'm training like two or three times a day. But I got to a point where I started looking. I'm like, all these dudes have long ass lunch breaks. They don't fucking work. Like, this is so cool. How do I sign on for this shit? So I did that for several summers. And But it was the first summer I knew. I was like, I want to do jujitsu. And I want to get paid to do it. So I, I worked for school for free at the school for a long time. Uh, mm. eventually kind of got, you know, so about 13 to 16, I did that. I was even driving to the school constantly. I, when I got to drive, when I turned 16, I started driving still doing the same thing. I spent my summers at school all the way up until about 18 that I spend my summers at the school, but I was learning the business. So what I ended up doing is I'm like 14 year old, 14 years old, answering the phone, you know, um, mm. and to give you some reference, I started out at Moeller Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. So to kind of like, I started at Moeller's and then from molars orlando split off and then we i stayed with O, and you know followed him all those years and got my black belt with him but at about 18 about 16 years old we're driving in the car and he's like hey um you know calls me sibo that was my name he's like sibo what do you know about money and i was like well and O had opened his own school he just opened it and i was like oh, i don't know and he's like but he knew I wanted to open. I wanted to open a school, so he's always told me. He's always like, "Hey, you want to open a school? I'm gonna teach you the way what you need to know to open a school. I'm gonna treat you like that." So he never paid me. This is around 14 years old. This is 16. 16. Okay, and you already knew you wanted to kind of open a school at 13. At 13. 13. I wow. wanted to open a school. So at 13, I wanted to open a school. At um, and then so from 13 to 16. Okay. I, I always worked for free. I never actually got paid for jujitsu until I opened an academy. And so once I, once I end up, um, we're like, so we're 16 years old, we're riding in the car. He's asking you if you knew about money. Yes. Yeah. You know about money. I was like, I don't know. I mean, you you get money. I mean, but you got to remember, like, I love jujitsu so much and I wanted to open a school that, I mean, I was cleaning toilets for free. I was cleaning showers. Like I, I never, you know, little curlies. And I, I just remember seeing all that shit like it and, and it never deterred me like i've never really mm. met someone like that it's a teenager it's like cool don't pay me i'll just do this for free to learn. right especially nowadays oh, but even then no. back then yeah not now yeah and, and all my friends thought i was nuts for that right they're like, they're like I, I disappeared it was like i went to the mountains and disappeared and they came back and they're like what have you done i'm like now nah, you know I, I've, I've changed <laughs> so um so at 16 he says what do you know about money i said well i don't know much so he plays rich dad poor dad in the car and i'm just mm. like I'm listening to it. He's like, what's an asset? And I was like, I don't know. So I'm listening to it. And he'd always play random shit in the car like that, whether it was like a Napoleon Hill or something. But he was just introducing me to it. And so I was mm. like, okay. So I started to get to a point where I listened to it. And then 
talks about, you know, real estate. And I was like, fuck, that sounds really cool. I, someone pays me. And, and I think what really clicked for me was, um, one, I hated school. So because I hated school so much, when someone, when I heard the, on the audio, he talks about hire people smarter than you to do shit that, you know, to do the things that you're not good at. I was like, well, that's easy. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I'm fine with that. So, so that's where a lot of that started was, was that car ride. And I'm like, okay. So Ooh. I started thinking about, you know, real estate. I, 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 um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't cut for school. You know, I, I was, you know, the principals knew who I was or who, you know, they, they knew me. Um, you know, so 16 is when things start, I start thinking about it. I was like, all right, well, I want to go into real estate. I don't know what that looks like because I don't have any money. Um, I don't know any real estate investors because Orlando is not a real estate investor. But the idea of assets, liabilities, some hiring people smarter than you, it all started to kind of click. Mm. And then that's when it, once once that clicked, the next thing was, you know, we start talking about opening a business and what that would take. And he just kind of introduced me to it because he was still new. You remember, I'm 20, I'm 13. He was 26 when we met. So mm. if you fast forward three years later, he's still not even 30 years old. Right. He's 29. He's just starting school. And so, you know, he's getting new into the business and he's kind of just sharing these things with me. Would you, well, so I would say, so from 16 to 17, I got to a point where I was like, you know, fuck school. I remember sitting in my ninth grade class and it wasn't, I wasn't 17 and I was 15, but this is when things really started to click mm. and at 15 years old, I'm sitting in ninth grade algebra. And I actually kind of write about the story. Like the, the, the math teacher says, you know, he's explaining like negatives and positives and he reached, he, he's like, Hey, you know, Christopher, can you answer this question? And I'm like, looking at him like, it doesn't make any sense. He's like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, you're, you, that says three minus three. He's like, well, no, that's three times negative three. I was like, that's not what that shit says. That, that says three. <laughs> like, it didn't make any sense to me. And I'm like, this is bullshit. What I need this. So I, I started getting to a point at 15 because I knew at 13 what I wanted to do. So mm. at 15, I started to get to a point where I was like, you know, I do not want to fucking be here. But I, I didn't, I didn't have permission to drop out at that time. And, and I didn't really... I didn't think it was an option in like ninth grade. And right. then once I started driving uh, at 16 and then introduced a rich dad, poor dad, I was like, okay, there's a way out and I'm out mm. of this place. So then that's when I, I finally, you know, I started to skip school a lot. Um, I started to, I just, just super rebellious, you know, and, and, and it's, it's, I was always rebellious the, to that, to that degree, to the point that I remember one time I put on a test this is just kind of the backtrack stories of kind of background. But yeah. I put on a test one time, um, the answers, and and in the answer I put, I wrote get bent, and I just turned to the teacher. I was like, here you go. Get bent. You wrote what? Sorry. Get bent. Get bent. Yeah. <laughs> he put that shit up on the screen the next day and like looked at me and like tried to make an example. I was like, I don't give a fuck. So like, I was very rebellious. Like so, you know the state test they put in there. Yeah, the this star test it was. It turned was that bitch in empty. <laughs> I don't know if most people have never done that, but that was me. Like I, I turned that thing in empty. Um, I, I, like I just got to a point where I was like, I'm done. I quit. I'm out. And so this is 10th grade year. So I, I, I finished ninth grade, got to 10th grade year. And then I was like, that's when all the rebelliousness come out. And then finally there's a school they put you in, which is like basically the school is, is turning uh, point. Something like that. I, I guess. I don't know. It wasn't all, it was a, like, 
basically a bunch of pregnant chicks. That's mm. what it was. It was, it was for, if you got pregnant, that's where you go. Or if you're about to drop out, that's where you go. Mm. So myself and my friend, actually two of my buddies, two of my friends went there. So we showed up, we ended up going to that school. And I always had this thing where that for, for, as I watched teachers, so from 13, this, this came out really early. You started noticing which teachers were there for the paycheck and which ones cared. Because mm. what I started noticing is how much Orlando cared mm. as a coach. So I was like, "That's huge this guy, for a kid, a kid. for a student. That's Dude, it's huge." So I'm like, "He he realized like I real I, I and I start and also back up too. I started teaching at 14 years old. So I was teaching kids at 14. So I wasn't just working at the school. I was teaching kids. Orlando cared and I started realizing these teachers are here some of these are for paycheck mm. and so I made for damn sure I was going to make them work for it which <laughs> is just kind of my personality I was like alright fine I'm going to make so I made a lot of them work for it and and, and I, I got to a point where I was like 17 and my mom was like you know she's like I was asleep and I would sleep in until 9 o'clock because I was that student that not only was I turning in test empty um <laughs> I would write in the paper, I don't care, and turn it in. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I, I put that shit, I don't care. I would hand the teacher, she'd hand me the assignment, I'd hand it back to her. <laughs> I, like, literally, here you go, no, I don't need it. And she's like, like it just, just very rebellious. I mean, I'd walk in, I, I walked into school like I owned the place. I was like, you know, I just got to the mm. point where I was like, like, I, I had this thing, like, it was like I owned the joint. And I and I would tell my friends, fuck this, I, I do what I want. And I would, I would do <laughs> But it, I mean, it came at a cost, right? But I, I recognized that that there was something more, mm. and so that's when I finally got to a point. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I, I, this, you know, my mom, it's like nine o'clock in the morning. I just, I didn't, you know, school was already going on. Um, I made it a point to show up late every day, and you know, my mom just walks in the room. She's like, "Do you want to quit?" I was like, "Fuck yeah, let's go!" So went to the school. She signed me out, and and it really kind of hit home when 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 i got the chance to quit or when i my mom actually signed me out because you can't like 17 you can't just walk out like you have to they have to sign you sign. out mm -hmm. so the principal asks me she says hey are you gonna get your ged and i was like i don't know she's like well it's really important that you do because it helps our test scores and our funding and i was like oh that's when i knew what mm -hmm. things were going on so it just it became a situation where you know, I dropped out. I started working some odd jobs, and I just spent all my time at Jiu-Jitsu Academy, mm. and that's really what everything started. So, so really, a lot of it became the Jiu-Jitsu was a foundation, but it wasn't the end all. It was it was kind of like the introduction. It was the foundation, mm. um, mm. you know. And so, I knew that, and and I also watched my brother. So, like I mentioned a minute ago, like I don't drink. Uh, you know, I watched my brothers do stuff like drugs and shit. Like, it just wasn't that. So I was like, so I spent my time doing jujitsu. So jujitsu was like the catalyst to get things started. And then maybe I enjoyed teaching kids. Mm. Love teaching kids. That was like my favorite thing. And then that's where the introduction to business. And then spending my time at the schools where I started learning, meeting people mm. that are business owners. And I realized like this whole other world out there. Mm. And I think that was probably the most valuable thing that if anyone was to listen to this and they're contemplating getting into jiu-jitsu or why they should, aside from health reasons, is the people you meet. Because mm. if you really look at it, no one cares how much money you make. No one cares what you've done. All they care is, are you a good person? And can I choke you? Or can you choke me? Like, no, it all goes away. Right. Like, are you a good training partner? Yeah. Nobody yeah. cares about anything else. Like, are you? that's all they care about. And so be, because that's the case, 
a teenager, like all those teens, if they do things right, the ones that you're around that you see that train, like they will meet adults. You can be around a doctor, a lawyer, mm. a real estate agent, a, I mean, a, a McDonald's worker, uh, a, a guy who, you know, works at Starbucks. No one cares. And that was the biggest value I had because mm. my circle of friends were pilots, lawyers, chiropractors, uh, business owners, like, that's why I grew up because I was so close to Orlando and he was close to these guys. So I got to, I got to hear a lot. So I got a lot of talks of, you know, like a lot of like advi yeah. life advice, right. shit ton of life advice. Like you just, they just pour into you. Right. So, yeah. So you start figuring out your path and I think that's when, but, but most parents, you know, my mom was like, my mom was like, all right, if he's just going to, if he's going to do jujitsu and stay off drugs and not do what his brothers did, we're just going to drop him off. That's kind of how things came about. So, okay. So for me, it was it was um, it was jujitsu that started it all, and you, then you just knew pretty early on. Uh, very yeah. early, I was thirteen, and I knew it was open to school. Um, and then a few years later, it was about money. It, it became more, you know, okay, I want to make this. And then I remember we set. So at seventeen to about nineteen, I started working at the school. I was working for free. I think there were a time or two he might have paid me, but. I didn't really care. It didn't really matter to me. I, I didn't really care about the money part. And I got to sit in on like consultants. And then we had a consultant show up. And this is where things really kind of took the next step. The consultant comes in and I think, I think he paid her like 20 grand to come in, go through, you know, paint the walls white, do this. Here's a script. And that, that consultant had us all sit down, had me, Orlando and Serena sit down and write out our goals. I'd never wrote my goals. I just knew one thing, do jujitsu, open a school. That's all I wanted to do and make money. I wanted to live that life. Mm. I also knew I didn't want to fight because when you fight, you don't make a lot of money. So I was like, well, I want to be able to support my family. Mm. So I, I, we wrote down goals and, and that's when it started to change. You know, I remember writing on the goal, like, well, what do you want? How much money do you want to make? I was like, I'd like to make a million dollars. My, most people never think that, right? They're like, this will never happen. Well, most um, people don't write or think about their goals, much less write them. Not, yeah, and especially not at that age too, right? right? Like I'm sitting in here, like, listen to this lady. Like, no one else got this. I, he's paid a lot of money to bring this lady in at that time. And so I'm 17. I'm writing on these goals. How much do you want to write? How much money do you want to make? How much do you want to spend on personal development? Because it's a big deal, personal development. How much do you want to spend on this, this, and that, vacations? I remember writing it down, but I, what, I, what I remember the most was writing down a million dollars. That was like my target. Like, mm. I want to make that. And I had no clue how to fucking get there. So I just knew that that was what I wanted. And so that was, you know, and then, I, and then Orlando would show me, he wouldn't show me bank accounts or anything, but he would at, at some point kind of like, you know, hey, this is martial arts money. Like, this mm. is what martial arts money can do for you. And, and, and so I kind of got, introduced to that too because you gotta remember like the, the circle was was a bunch of people who've done a lot of stuff um in their life have been successful already and so and then he's trying to introduce me to that and so just seeing all that i was like want to make a million bucks and that became this this mark in my head mm. for for many many years i was like i gotta make that and i want to do it young and so i was like let's let's go after that and so between 17 and 19 working to school end up meeting somebody and I, I'm, I'm learning how to sell, which by the way, I hate to fucking sell. I, I don't now. I did at the time. I couldn't stand selling. 
And I can relate. Yeah. yeah. Well, because I was taught to sell different. I was taught to sell like um, car like salesmen. Yep. Yeah. So why don't you want to? What's stopping you today? That kind of shit. Right. So that I, pushy sells. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I hated that. I couldn't stand it. So I, I actually started to grow at about seven, about nineteen. I, I was a so I was a I'm just kind of give you timelines. I was blue belt at fifteen. I was purple belt at eighteen. Brown belt at twenty. Black belt at twenty-two. Those are my timelines. So, so somewhere about seventeen. About it was about eighteen, nineteen. I met. I was doing the sales. I was doing the introduction. Sitting down, doing all the, you know, enrolling people. And this guy comes in with his two kids, and he, um, he you know, he sits down. He listens to my spill. He signs up. And we start talking, and you know, and he he comes in and he's like, well. Uh, he tells me what he does and he, and he owns a bank and I was like, Oh, that's pretty fucking cool. You own a bank, you know? And I, and I watched what Orlando had done and built and it was, it was, it was awesome. But then when Randy showed up the picture, he was the next one, the next mentor, when Randy showed up, he introduced me to a different level mm. and he's like, Hey, he's like, I own a bank. I just moved here from California. I'm from Guam and I'm going to, you know, we've got this company started uh, I listened to your pitch. I knew exactly what you were doing all the way through. We became friends and we started this relationship where, you know, he, I, I, after talking with him and seeing what he was doing, I was like, this, this is, this is probably one of the few people I'd met at my, in, the, in that time in my life that had made it to that level of success. Mm. And his partners were even more well off. So he, he basically was like, Hey, look, you know, this is what we're doing. And just, just showed me, didn't, didn't ask me to do nothing with him. And, and I started rethinking the mm. martial arts academy. I was like, fuck that. It's too small. So once I saw what I'm like, this dude owns a bank, like he owns a fucking bank. Like that's crazy to go have partners, buy a bank, his partners, you know, multimillionaire, two of his partners actually are multimillionaires. And I had never been around individuals like that. Mm. So I decided that at that time, I'm going to now shift gears and I want to open a business that has nothing to do with martial arts. I actually wanted to take the plunge. Um, Misty knows the story. So she, 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 she's heard it. But so we, we, I said, Hey Randy, I want to, um, I want to, I, I, I don't have anything to offer you. I'm a brown belt in jujitsu. Um, and, I was probably about the time. I was like, I know jujitsu. If you can teach me business, I teach you jujitsu. I was like, sure. Mm. So we went on, on Sundays. We'd show up on Sundays. We, I had a key to the school, so we'd show up and and uh, I teach him jujitsu. We talk business afterwards, and I had this. And he's, you know, and that's when I started to learn. You know, he, he he's like, hey, why don't you come, come meet my, um, meet my business partner and his business partner was was a very uh well off uh, previously home builder um multi-million his first multi-million i ever met in my life i was like it was so cool he's like 66 years old super charismatic you know charismatic like i just remember just sitting in there and just listening to him and i was in awe like i want to be this dude and, and and you know the old people jokes like i love that shit it just, i related to adults mm. i didn't like teenagers like i just didn't really relate to my own group my own peer yeah so so I, I ended up, 
I ended up uh, meeting his, his partner. Once I met his partner, we ended up, I just, I fell in love with the idea of like, I got to go bigger. And I, and I, mm. I moved away from the academy idea and I was like, what am I going to do? I didn't know what to do. I had no clue what to do. I was clueless as hell. This is a 19. 19. I just got to figure some shit out. I, I just moved out, you know, um, of, of my parents' house mm. at 19. And I was like, I got to figure it out. So we started our Sunday jujitsu and business. And he's, you know, so I came with this idea. Um, and he and I still laugh about today. I was like, you know what? So I got in the, there's a book called the automatic millionaire. When I first started thinking about money and saving, I, I was like, Oh, if I save this much, I can be a millionaire by this time. Well, Randy knew it was all bullshit, <laughs> but he was letting me talk. So I, I, I started reading more about money. I was into rich dad books and all these, you know, mutual funds and things like that. And, and, and just got to a point where I, I ended up, uh, you know, once he's, he, he's like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I have this idea. I can teach kids about money. And mm. I was like, I can write a book. I can call it the millionaire kid. I can write that book now. But Ooh. at the time, at the time I was like, I'll, the millionaire kid, I'll teach these kids. And it's just kind of a play of what was already being wrote. And so he's like, all right, man, won't, won't you give me an idea and, you know, kind of write it up a little bit and give it to me and I can give it to my daughter and her friends. And, and I, he knew where it was headed, but and I was like, cool. So I wrote it up. You know, he's like, you can work with my designer. My designer made the millionaire kid character. I had all this big grand idea because I was excited about money. I want to mm. teach other kids money. And he says, um, he's like, all right. So my daughter's and her, my daughter, and her friends read it. And I got some bad news for you. It's, it's, it's not good. <laughs> And then he goes, that's the first problem. I remember it was a Sunday after training. He's like, and that's the first problem. And the second problem is you're not a millionaire. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> not a millionaire. Fuck, what do I do? He's like, but I know a millionaire, which was his partner. And then. I like I like how he allowed you to just kind of play out your idea. He did. He, let, he, he walked I me into it. I do that shit now to people. He walked me into it. Yeah. Um, and so by the end of that conversation, I was like, all right, this is a bad idea. So <laughs> clearly it wasn't going to work. He's like, yeah, I, I just wanted you to kind of work this out. So, so I worked it out it didn't work and ended up going to, you know, just kind of, we kept training and talking business and, and then, um, I had this idea. I was like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to go ahead and start something. So I started a, I, I, I was, he, I started working for him a little bit in the payments and so they're in the payments industry so to give you kind of an idea of like the level that they were at or where he's at now they are like he just they just took a company public sold it and then now they're going back again so mm. that was but in the early days though they took a company from when i met him they had a company that was 14 million in the red and they took it to 40 million in the black and that was kind of like, that's who we were hanging with. So, so the ideas were all bigger than martial arts. So it was kind of like, oh, I got to, I got to watch that grow. And so I was still part of that. So I was like, well, at the, at the time I started working for him, doing a little bit of sales. I was fucking horrible at it. I sucked. And it was phone sales. I was never good at phone sales. Um, I relate to sales as I relate to dating. I was good at in person. Mm. I just wasn't going to be good at the phone. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, just what it was. So, um, and so, so I wasn't good at it and I don't think I sold shit, but he, he knew. He had drive. I drive. And the reason he knew I had drive was because 
when he met me, we did this thing called VIP in the martial arts Academy. So what VIP is, is it's a thing where I walk up to you and no shit. I walk up to you in the middle of Walmart. I'm dressed in a tie, some slacks and a dress shirt. I walk up and I'm like, hi, my name's Christopher. I'm with Texas self-defense Academy down the road. We are offering a free 30 day VIP program for you or your family. Uh, come in, try martial arts. Who would this be for you or your family? I do that shit over and over. Like literally mm, like cold call and fucking person. Yes. And I got kicked out of Walmart. I mean, all that shit. And Orlando was like, you don't go. I'm going to fire you. So I kept doing that. So I was like 17, 18, 19. So when I met Randy, he met me doing that. I fucking hated that shit. But O did that to me because he knew I wanted to open a business. So he was like, I'm going to make this shit hard. But I kept going. So Randy's like, if he'll do that, he'll make it happen. So I worked for Randy and he always told me like, no, dude, you, you VIP, that, that's like really fucking hard. So he, that's why I think one of the main reasons he welcomed me in and said, this kid's got drive. He's going to make some shit happen. So we ended up, uh, which by the way, I never VIP'd for the martial arts academy when I opened. I was like, I'll never do that shit again. <laughs> and I never made my staff do that either because that shit sucked. But so I started working for Randy. I was doing phone sales and I, I, I went and corporate, I went and not incorporated, but I went and to, um, and got a business name, you know, and, um, sole proprietor and it was CWS enterprises. And I just started trying to sell shit online. All right. This is my throw to Amazon. Her and I joke, Misty and I joke about this shit because I had this idea. I'm just going to sell shit online on a website. Well, Amazon is just like, just came out. They're just books. And I had this idea that it was kind of like an Amazon, like mm. I'll just sell random shit. So I started selling off like stuff I had, uh, just hustling and, and nothing really came of it. But my vision was like, that was that whole, like, let's build something. What would otherwise be today, Amazon. I was never going to be able to build Amazon. So that was not it, but just the idea, the concept behind it. So that was my first taste of going in, mm. becoming a sole proprietor, opening a business account, seeing what that was like. And I had lived with, and at that time I had a girl, a long time high school girlfriend that we had lived with, moved out together and, um, at 19 and she worked for this company and the company was a medical record company. So the, when I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do, I kind of watched what she was doing. I was like, Hey, because I remember being told this, this is how my mind thinks. And it's, and today I don't, I don't think about it now. It's just, it's just what it is. But so we're sitting here at the podcast room, right? Well, everybody, I mean, everybody has like right now, someone makes the metal to, for that, for that, for the arm, someone mm -hmm. makes the, you know, the foam for the mic, someone makes this, someone makes that, this has, this has to have an exchange of money three, four, five, six times mm. somewhere between things. So somewhere in there, there's a company that's making a lot of money. So it could be the, you know, it could be the brand could be the one who's, they're selling the metal to the company that's making these and they're selling so right so many layers so many layers so i was introduced to that like okay well there's layers to this all right so what do i do so i watched the medical record company and the girlfriend had worked there for years and she we started talking about, i remember just one day i asked her, I was like, how does that business work so she explained it to me and i was like well shit that sounds pretty simple go and i copy medical records and give it to a doctor and and uh I give it you know charge a lawyer and charge a, um, what were you charging? Doctors, lawyers, we're gonna charge doctors, but charging lawyers and insurance. <clears throat> and so I, I, I ended up, um, I was working at a doctor's office. They'd got me, Randy had got me this little job to tide me over. 
it was like my first consulting gig and they mm-hmm. were paying me a thousand dollars a month it was so cool my first thousand a month i went and bought like one of those fucking palm pilots i don't know <laughs> if you like if you ever like like um yeah it was a horrible fucking idea but my buddy jose likes to keep up with the joneses so i wanted to be cool too so i'm you know it was my first i'd never seen a thousand bucks he paid me a thousand dollars right so so they were paying me this money to kind of keep me afloat all randy was doing was like keeping me afloat a little bit mm. just enough to where i had to struggle mm. so i got this idea i'm like well medical records let's you know okay so i can do that and i know nothing about it so the way it operated for me was i was like well i'll sell the clinic on the idea of what i'm doing and i did they let me go in do the sales pitch and of course you know but got the contract or whatnot mm. but kind of backing up a little or, or got the contract or got the, the yeah got the contract but they randy and his partner raul gave me the impression that they were going to fund me mm. i was like fuck yeah i'm gonna get funded i'm 19 i'm gonna make they're gonna fund me i'm gonna make all sorts of money and i, I was like this is so cool but the best thing they ever did was they never funded me mm. they made me think it so I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, I'm going to build this medical record company that's going to scan medical records and send them and store them. And, you know, I'm like looking for like equipment and I'm like, all right, Randy, I found all of it. And he's like, all right, man, we'll get it. Okay. I wait a little bit longer. Okay. Randy, I, I got everything ready. All right, man, I'll let Raul know. We'll get it. They never got it. And I was but late. he'd say that he would get it. He'd say he'd get it, and, I, I'm, I'm, and which I understand why. And what they were doing was they were trying to check, see what I was going to do. Mm. So they, oh yeah, 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 yeah we got it. We, we're going to get it. And so we, we, they waited on me, and they came in one day and they were like, you know, hey, here's a used scanner. And I was like, okay, and I had a computer, so I took a scan the documents in. But they they wanted to see what I was going to do. And so I ended up just saying, fuck it. And I just went out there and started knocking on doors. Now, keep in mind, I've never seen a medical record prior to the contract. <laughs> I so I don't know. Right. I have no idea what I'm copying. All I know is I've got to bill somebody and I've got to get them some <laughs> shit. That's it. So that became this bootstrap ability to just figure shit out mm. and that became something where um many years down the road it paid off but it the idea was that he was sitting here waiting on me to go what are you going to do so mm. i decided i'm going to go door to door to clinics and sell myself and i ended up getting i ended up getting like 10 clinics i think i made like i was like 19 20 and uh the most wow. i made was like three thousand a month so yeah, that's impressive to mm. just kind of throw yourself into the deep sea and hope to learn how to swim. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no clue. Um, in fact, I remember opening records and being like, okay, so this is the request. They want <laughs> this. Uh, I got to match this shit up. Okay. Um, all right. Send it in and see if it works. Never got any complaints. So I guess I sent the right stuff in. <laughs> But I had, and I had to bullshit my way through the sales. That was the other thing too. I had to bullshit my way through the sales. So I learned how to bullshit my way through sales really well uh, to these doctors because, so the premise of the business, which the business is totally different now, but there is, so let's say you go and you, you go to your doctors and you say, Hey, I need these medical records. 
um, let's just say you get an accident. Okay, you get an accident, you hire a lawyer, and the lawyer needs medical records, they're going to request it from your doctor. Well, they get charged for that. So we are the mm. people they, that come in for the doctor, we do it as a free service, we pay the records to, or we, we invoice the lawyer, lawyer pays us, we send them the records. So doctor was out of it. So my business was based on scanning mm. the old, the, the company that we built it off the, the concept off of, or just modeled the concept off of was, was one of the largest in DFW or in Texas is what my girlfriend worked for at the time. Um, and not only, and so they were all paper, like they would copy machines. So I started scanning stuff, but I, but you gotta keep in mind, I was, I wasn't, a, I, I wasn't good at sales. I wasn't good. I didn't know what I was doing. I was not a good leader. There was no, like scaling was never going to happen. I just was not that didn't, it didn't compute. I knew I wanted to scale at some point, but it wasn't going to happen. So I ended up, um, was it dope? Last train of thought. So I get, so that's kind of the way that the, the business works. So mm -hmm. I pick up. And, about and 10, what, what age was this about? This is 19. 19 still. This okay. is 19, 20, wow. 21. So I had to learn a little bit of the business, but I was scanning medical records, driving around, you know, trying to pick up clients. And I got to a point where, you know, just it hit a wall um, as far as like growth. Like it was, it wasn't as fun anymore. Mm. But prior to that, it was a good learning experience and how to build a business from scratch, not know anything about the, like anything about the business and be able to jump in and build it. And mm. that was kind of what that was. So Randy, Raul, they watched it. They always helped. Um, you know, it's funny. We're in a virtual world today, but I, I look back and I'm like, you could go look at my Google chats. And I learned so much just off of like Google chat, like mm. messing. Hey, Randy, you awake? And then asking questions and like, that was it. That asking was Asking questions. Asking questions. That's it. Go figure. Yeah. It all, it all, it's all about that. Right. And so I just asked a shit ton. Um, I mean, whether it was, you know, personal questions to, you know, life questions to business questions. And that's just what it came down to, but they were willing to help. And so, you know, at that time, it just got to a point where, like I said, I just kind of was like, man, I wanted to do something else. And that was my first lesson in, in quitting. Mm. This is going to sound weird, but um, when something isn't fun anymore, mm. you stop. And mm -hmm. at least as a business sense. And so, you know, we'd got to a point where I'd been spending a lot of time with Randy and learning the payments industry learning about business, learning about, you know, I mean, it's just very, my, my, my goal was to, to, I, I guess you can say I had a chip on my shoulder. Like, and I still carry that today. Missed, my, my wife, Misty will tell you, like I, it, it's a, it's a chip to the point of like, like, uh, like, like, like I said, dropped out of high school. Mm. Fuck this. We're going to make you this You wanted happen. like to prove yourself that you yeah. like, could do this. Yeah. 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 So, like so, yeah, you didn't need school to be successful. Right. And, and exactly. That was a big deal for me. I was like, so it was kind of a burn your ship situation. And then, and, and mm. this is still early stages. It was a burn your ships. Like, you know, there's that story that you, they, you know, the general gets off the boat and turns and tells all his men burn the ships. We're dying here, but we're going to win Wait, this thing. Mm -hmm. And so I dropping out of school was a burn the ship situation. Well, my mentor, Randy, they were like that. And they actually didn't like school. They hated school too. So it all worked out. Um, <laughs> and Orlando wasn't big on pushing school and my mom never pushed school. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, 
to give you an idea of rebellious wise, I flipped a teacher off one time, went to alternative school. I'll never forget that. Just straight up gave her the bird and was like, you know, I, and they just <laughs> like, you're going to alternative school. So, you know, just super rebellious. I had a chip on my shoulder. I still do to this day. Um, what do you, know, you think? Uh, but it's used, oh, where do you think that they start? It's used differently though. Today it's used differently. Mm. Why I have it? It's only I get to press it. Nobody else gets to press that. But back then, it's um, it was different. It was more so like for me growing up, I was always as like my group of friends. I was the butt of the joke, and and mm. and so I was always like, all right, fuck you guys. I'm gonna prove y'all wrong. And the funny part is that. I've had them some since come to me and go, Hey story, how do I, I'm like, it all leads back. Motherfuckers. It all comes back. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's like, it's, now you're asking, huh? Yeah. Now you're asking, <laughs> but you know, you guys didn't pay attention to me then, huh? So, you, so, so that has some of the chip, mm. um, to do. And then, and then I just, part of it probably came from teachers at school. The ones that just were there for a paycheck that bothered me a lot as a mm. teenager. Cause I knew, I knew they were just, uh, those individuals were just there for the money, and you I could smell their their bluff. They're just there, fuck yeah. yeah, all day long. You could smell the whole thing. I mean, you just you look and you're like, yeah, I knew. And I and, I, and when I once I realized that, I knew as a teenager, I was like, I'm gonna make you work for all your money today, every day of the week. <laughs> and I did that shit. But then there was a few that I really loved that I was like, you know, like like they were there, and I was like, these they people, cared. they cared. They're here, and that was what drew me to jujitsu mm. and teaching because. I was like, I can never be a teacher in a school because they're going to run into kids like me. And if I don't love what I'm doing, then I'm not going to want to, you know, like they're going to like, it's, but with jujitsu, I get to fire you. <laughs> I get to be right. like, I don't You're want, in control. Yeah. I'm going to fire you. So we're not going to do this. So, so the chip came a lot from just proving myself mm. to, to others that there were peers. Um, I think my wife tells me a lot. I'm a little much. Would you? She's over in the corner. Yeah. She, Shout she, out yeah, to Misty yeah, here. Yeah, she's in the corner here. But yeah, you. you uh, she says I'm a little much, and so just it, she. She probably explained it better, just the way she has her way of explaining it. But like, it's just that chip came from self proof. Just wanted to prove to other people, and just be like. But then eventually, just you know, once the funny part though is once you get there, it's lonely. You're like, well, fuck. Now what do I do? So. I already proved my point. I was actually told that one day. You proved your point, so now what do you want to do? But kind of back up. So as far as, you know, kind of like the next steps and how things came about was I hit about 22. That's when I met Misty. And, you know, I'm 22 years old. And I got, if, if you want, sorry, with your what I do sometimes is I kind of put it here oh, in you're the middle. Good. I'm used to it. Okay. I'm used and, to it. And it helps. Yeah. yeah, I'm used to it. I, when we podcast, the same thing. I'm smacking it around. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> but, uh but no, I, I met Misty at 22 and what was it? So when her and I met, I got to a point, where I was like, I was done with medical records. Mm. Uh, I, I built it to as much. I couldn't get it past that $3,000 mark. It was, it was to stop right at three and I couldn't get it past that monthly 3000. But a lot of that is, is that income ceiling is because of us mentally. There was something there. Like I, I, I needed to grow the next step. So I got to a point where I was like, and actually this around this time, so my mentor started to close his business down. He was starting to close down the business. Um, they had gotten an offer to sell their business for mm. 42 million, 40, mm. no, 44 million. So I met him at 19 when they started it. 
I was 22. They got an offer to sell it for 44 million. Mm. They didn't fucking take it. He said, no, he said, no, I want more. He's an elephant. I call them elephant hunters. Most, not everybody's like that, but he's the guy that he takes down the big deals. He's like, no, I want more fucking money. I'm not doing it. I'm keeping it. Then him, and I worked at the office and I remember I walked in one day and my door was fucking locked and I'm like, shit, my door's locked. I called him. I was like, Randy, what happened? He goes, it all fell apart. So him and there was like three partners. One of the partners signed a deal with the bank that basically just eradicated the whole, just shut the business down. And so they lost everything. He lost everything. He ended up getting divorced. We became roommates, he and I. And, um, and he, he rebuilt that. I mean, he walked away with, don't, don't get it wrong. He walked away with a good amount of money just from over the years of stockpiling because he had built such a, he was built this, this company. And so um, he ended up getting divorced. He ended up, we became roommates for about six months. And that was awesome because now this mystical person who I'm like super in awe of, like, cause I was like that with Orlando. I'm like, mm. you know, like you have this mentor, you're like, you know, I didn't look up to my dad. I did not look up to my mom. I looked up to Orlando and Randy and I was like, so once, uh, once, um, you know, Randy got, you know, we moved in as, as roommates. It's like, I get to see his day to day. I'll never forget. Like, you know, he's, and so to give some context to that, he is, let's see, I'm 38. Fuck. I think he's probably later forties. Fifteen, I years. believe. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. 15 years somewhere in there. So, um, and so, you know, he, he ended up roommates. We, um, I got to just see the day to day of, of how someone like that worked. And I realized there was no magic to him. Mm. He was a normal dude. You saw he was a human, he not was, a superhuman. Yes. He was superhuman. He wasn't superhuman. And I, I got to realize a lot of what he, of who he was and how he operated and how he worked. And we had a lot of conversations uh, just life and it was dude it was like it was freaking cool because I just got a chance to spend all my time with him and it was like six months and then Misty and I met after that you know during that time but it just uh, you, you saw your goals maybe a little bit closer not as far away because you saw he wasn't this superhuman this was just a regular guy that had these daily habits and they were definitely achievable yeah well the funny part is is daily habits were just normal like he he was just being in his room all day he worked he built the company from home so he built that whole problem payments processing business from home um and and so he would just be in his room for a couple hours and you know and come out and we we would eat breakfast and we'd eat lunch we'd get up eat breakfast together we'd go shut our doors and do our normal daily thing i'd go do my medical records or whatever and then uh, whatever payment processing stuff I was helping him with at the time. And then we would come back and eat lunch. I'd eat lunch with him and we would just always have discussions. And I would always, it was a lot of growth. Uh, mm. Sometimes we'd eat dinner together. You know, I mean, he's, you know, he's coming off of a divorce and he's been married. You know, he's got two kids. Uh, his family moved back to California. And so, you know, it was just a really it, the six months, it was, uh, it was just an awesome six months. And I got to learn from this guy yeah. and, you know, where other people may look and be like, that's a little weird. Like you're, you know, your roommate's 22 and you know, you're like in your thirties, like where did you fuck up in life? But 
he and I were, were helping each other in certain ways because I he had a connection. It sounds like I was, he yeah. was the first, I he was my first blue belt ever. Mm. I blue belted him. He did jujitsu. So, um, there was, you know, he got to see, he got to be a little more youthful and young hanging with me and I got to learn a lot of business and life. And so, uh, that six months was just, was cool. It was, it was awesome. In fact, without that six months, I probably wouldn't have been able to, I probably wouldn't have been ready for Misty. Uh, cause she's a little old. She's Misty's four years older than I am. So, you know, she wouldn't have, uh, she would have been like, this kid's young. This is going to work. So, um, this kid needs some, some real world yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah. She'd be like, this isn't going to work. No, so kidding. Randy, I'm sure she would have loved you the same. No, she wouldn't. No. Have. <laughs> No, she wouldn't have. There's no way. There's, 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 there's absolutely no way. Cause, cause, cause what Randy was able to do was to, to teach like, Hey, this is how you got to act in certain scenarios. Like, mm. you know, it's just, it's, it's, I was a wild kid. I was a wild guy. Like I was super rebellious. Like there was, he had, you know, he's able he to kind of shaped you a little bit. Yeah. 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 He, he refined me for the individual I, I need to be around. So, so once Misty and I meet, uh, um, how'd you meet her? Jujitsu. Mm. Jiu-jitsu, it was jiu-jitsu. It was a blind date. Her brother-in-law was like, "Hey, because she had a very similar relationship as I did. Like, she has a, you know, she has longtime boyfriend. They eventually split the same years. And that year, '07, I split with my longtime girlfriend. She split with her longtime boyfriend. We didn't know each other then. My, her brother-in-law is doing jiu-jitsu. And says, "Hey, you know, story, you know, Sibo, you, you need to meet my sister-in-law." And I was like. Huh? already starting good in the family oh dude i was like fuck that i don't want to meet her man i was like i you know i just got a relationship and right he's like well sure she um so it took about a year before i actually contacted her and so it wasn't until i lived with randy and um and then that was you know she's 26 at the time when i finally contacted her i'm 22 and and so um and you gotta keep in mind too even at 22 19 20 21 22 i'm still rolling with knuckleheads like I may be doing jujitsu during the day and being responsible and goal setting in the day, but at night my buddies were knuckleheads mm. and that's just what it was. So, but I had, I lived two different lives. I lived the, the one that was going to go after stuff mm-hmm. and the one that was just having fun. Yeah. Just a knucklehead. Just a complete knucklehead. So, um, and so, you know, I had, I, I almost had two separate lives to a degree. So I met her and then, you know, that's when I was, you know, we actually got married pretty quick. We we met, I think, in eight months. We were um, engaged and then married really fast. But with as soon as her and I met, I was ready to close down the business mm. and close down the, the, the medical records. And I thought, man, I'm just going to close this down. I don't enjoy this anymore. I fucking hate these requesters that keep calling me and asking their status updates. It's the same shit it was last week. It's not here. I'm waiting. You know, so... It just, it became a business. I was like, this isn't going to go any further. And it was my first experience of having to take the business out back and shoot it. I'd never had that before. Mm. And it was painful. It was my identity, right? You're like, you, right. you got to take it back. It's the Mr. Wonderful. Got to go shoot it. And I, I went and shot it. And, and, uh, well, that, I, that took, that took some brave, some bravery. That shit was hard. Yeah. I remember being like, just like, what am I going to do next? So <laughs> yeah. I didn't float around or anything. But when I moved in with Misty, you know, we, um, cause she already had a house. I mean, dude, like you're that song, uh, I N D E P E N D. She got her own house. That That's Misty. Yeah. So that was Misty. That's, that's, that's my song for Misty is oh. she was independent. Like, right. I ha- I didn't have anything to my name. I barely own anything. And she's like, I'll 
gonna take a chance on the guy. So um, luckily I was driven. That's why she took a chance. That's what she she says. Is like so so because um, her other boyfriend wasn't driven. So had something going for me. But um, so I didn't sit around. I actually went and started teaching jiu-jitsu at another academy. Mm. I wanted, I'd got my black belt at 22. The same month I met Misty was the same month I got my black belt. Mm. So to kind of give like some context oh. there. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. I got my black belt and then a month later I met Misty. Uh, and then we became official a month later after that, you know, so, and then moved in probably a week later after that. I don't know. So. Oh, <laughs> It was like, fast. Actually, it's not too far away from our story, yeah. but yeah. I needed somewhere to live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the joke between her and I. I wasn't fucking around, but we were both ready to, we both knew, hey, is it going to work or it's not going to work? Right. Let's just find out faster. Yeah, um, fair. Luckily, I had somebody in my ear, Randy, a mentor, giving me advice like, hey, man, you're just going to find out fast. Like, and I think that's probably the biggest thing to kind of circle back to that is that all throughout those years, I had Lando, I had Randy. I had so much counsel that I, I could just, I don't want to say slide through, but skip over a lot of the dumb shit. They definitely built a bridge for you. Faster. So for much faster. Sure. Just, I mean, just bow all the way through. So, so it helped that I didn't have to go and learn some of the mistakes that I watched my friends learn. Right. Um, you know, that, that comes down to why I don't drink. I watched mm. what my brothers did. Uh, all of that shit, like because of that stuff and, and just kind of heeding those warnings and having counsel and, you know, it was easy. So, so when I meet Misty, you know, I end up teaching another academy. Orlando did not want me to teach at a school. He's like, he was this big, like he, he was at a stage in his academy where he did not want anyone else but him teaching. Mm. But I'm like, I'm a black belt. I gotta do some shit. So I'm like, let's, let's do this. So I, I end up, teaching at a, a school in Crowley. And I remember just watching this academy and he paid me 50 bucks for every class. And I didn't really particularly care for the school owner. I don't think he cared for me. We were just here for a transaction. Um, he's probably like, cool, I got a black belt. Uh, and, and so I ended up teaching there, making 50 bucks each class. I'm bringing some money in, kind of helped Misty and I, helped tide me over. I say help Misty and I. Misty was paying all the bills at the time. There was really no helping Misty because she was independent. But yeah, but I was shout out. yeah yeah. She, I mean, there's a Misty. That's why I'm like Misty has a big part in what happened in this stage. But um, you know, because she she supported us. She allowed me to to really take those, those jumps. So in this stage of life, at that stage of life, and so it it became a thing where she or I'm working at the school. And I'm getting 50 bucks class. And I started watching like how many people he's signing up. I was like, this guy keeps signing up more people. And I keep making the same fucking amount of money. <laughs> so I think to myself, I'm like, you know, I can fucking do this shit. And he was a blue belt. He was a blue belt mm. that owned a Taekwondo school. Um, and that Taekwondo school is, and again, he owned a Taekwondo school. He was a blue belt. He trained under the same coach. He was with Orlando. And so I decided, fuck it, I'm, I'm going to open my own school. Um, and, and I did. So I opened the school, see Misty and I, so I don't know, timeline wise was what, so her and I met in March. I probably was moved in by April or May and I opened the school in December. Mm. And then I opened the school in December 
again, no money. I didn't have shit. Um, I had to build it up from the ground up, bootstrap it. Um, I, I built that to six figures in 12 months. And Misty helped in the sense that she allowed me to keep reinvesting things. Mm. And that was a big thing that Randy had told me is you got, if you're going to do a business, you need, you have six, you have in 12 months, you got to get to six figures. So that's always been a marker in my mind to this mm. day. If you start something, you got to get to six figures, at least in the very beginning, as fast as you can. And so I did that with the school. And so the school was a precursor to all the real estate that allowed us. So have you ever watched, you ever watched Dave Chappelle? Yes. Okay. He's one of my in favorite. In person, actually, How too. Do, oh, fuck. See, yes. I need to go see Dave Chappelle. So he's one of my favorite comedians. And he has a, he has a, um, a skit that's uh, Negro Domus. And Negro Domus predicts all of the, you know, why does, like, one of the jokes was, what, why does, uh, how do we know that we have weapons of mass destruction? You know, they stand up, they're like, Negro Domus, why do we have, how do we know that there's weapons of mass destruction? It's Paul Mooney. And Paul Mooney is the... He is the uh, writer for Richard Pryor. So Paul Mooney's, you know, he's in his Nostradamus hat, his Negrodamus, and he's, he's, you know, sitting there going, he's thinking about it, and he's like, because George Bush has the receipt to all the, the, <laughs> oh, the webs of mass destruction. So I, I say that because this is about the time when things started to turn over. So Randy and Orlando mm. spent a lot of time, I got to kind of watch, and and if you, in jujitsu, this is where things kind of come about more. You almost have to kind of have a lot of foresight. If in jujitsu, if you don't have the foresight, you're going to end up getting tapped out. You're going to end up getting smashed past or whatever. Like you're not using that foresight. Well, this is where the business foresight started to come in. So we're building the school, got to six figures in in in, in a year, um, and I'd always had this mark of I want a million dollar business. I wanted that's, that's what I wanted million dollar business. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I got this million dollar business and the school kind of hit some caps. Like it just wasn't growing to a certain degree. It was, it was, it was difficult, but I loved teaching the kids. I enjoyed what I was doing. Um, I eventually brought Misty in, but somewhere in there about 2010, her and I, so Misty grew up in Everman and I'm not afraid to say it. It's the hood. Everman's the hood. It's just what it is. Uh, anyone listens to this, it's the hood. Don't, don't, I mean, <laughs> it's like, uh, what is it? The, the people trying to get out the hood and you're going to go live in there. Yeah. So that's, that's what the hood, it was the hood, right? So she had this house that she bought for 47,000. Am I right, Misty? 47,000? 47,500. Always got to have that five on there. So 47,500 is what she bought it for. So she bought that for 47,500. It's in the hood. It's where she, you know, and, and we needed to move out of the hood to go and start a family. So we actually, it's funny because the area in which you guys live in, that's our house. Well, it's a rental now, but that house we moved to and we bought it for a hundred thousand at that time. Um, and so we moved and I, I kind of just had this idea somewhere in there. I was like, Hey Misty, this is when I knew I was like, it's my opportunity right here. We can get real estate. I was like, Misty, do you, uh, what were your thoughts if we rent your house out? She's kind of like, you know, we're, it's that getting ready for bed thing, right? You know, she's mm. laying in bed, I'm brushing my teeth and I'm like, the light bulb just for me, I was like, and she's like, no, I don't want to do that. It's my house. I was like, all right, fine. So she didn't. So when we moved, she actually tried to sell it 
but she couldn't sell it. What were you trying to sell it for? For 56, 56,000. I couldn't sell the damn thing, right? This is 2010. Couldn't sell it. Luckily, she did not sell it. So she said, well, I guess I'll lease it to a friend. So she mm. leased it to a friend and we got a chance to see what it was like to be landlords. Mm. So we're like, cool. And in my mind, I'm like, fuck yeah, man, we're going to make some big moves. Because <laughs> at this time, what I had done was I had officially, again, chip on the shoulder, because I didn't get along with my dad when I was a kid. I do now. He and I have a great relationship. But I I, uh, I started making more money than my dad. My brothers, my dad, like, like I had shit to prove. And I was like, all right, we're going to make the next move, you know, so, which was into real estate. So she decided she ran out the house. They were great renters. We said, you know, let's, uh, everything worked out. And then she said, you know, they, they ended up taking care of the house. Everything was good. And then the real learning started when we actually had the next, we had actually leased to someone we never met. But what I think sold her on the idea was that it was going to be retirement. Mm. That's what it was. It was retirement. I can tell you, and she'll tell you that she never had any thought of making a lot of money or even any of that. I think Misty would have been happy marrying someone for fifty thousand dollars a year, as I remember right, and just being a housewife. There, she's like, be a housewife. Yeah, fifty thousand dollars a year, be a housewife. She'd been straight. That was it. That's what she grew up in. Was, you know, what I grew up in. My dad made good money. My my. Mom was a housewife. She has still is a housewife with no kids. Um, and so, you know, but what I was exposed to was different. Mm. And so, you know, had she, she only, the, the main thing that got her to say, okay, was that experience with that one uh, friend. And then of course the retirement. I recognized early on that I didn't want to do jujitsu. I wanted to do jujitsu forever. I did not want to teach forever. Mm. I knew that was going to happen. I didn't know how long. Um, I didn't know how quick that mm. was going to happen. I figured out real fast how quick that happened. Um, but I didn't know how fast it was going to happen. So we just slowly accumulated cash. The school, Misty worked. Um, would you, you quit your job in 2012, right? No, 2013. So 2013. So our first son was born in 2012. So she quit her job in 2013 to work at the school full time. So it allowed me to build up uh, a substantial amount of cash to be able to buy a home cash, a mm -hmm. rental home cash. So we had one home and then I just stockpiled money. Um, and then enough that we actually, we turned around, we did that, cashed out a little bit of her 401k, took my cash and then went and bought a rental home. Mm -hmm. And that's when we knew we were like, okay, we're going this direction. This is going to happen. And so it was already in that mindset of like, We've got to pad ourselves. And I've always said that I, I, I preach that all the time. I preach it to agents. I preach it to um, anyone that I've ever talked to, whether it's real estate or business. Like if you're doing something that is just this one thing, you've got to pad yourself with something else because a lot of people got fucked in 2020. Mm. So that's, that was the the, 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 the mindset. So I knew early on, like, Hey, I need these. And what really clicked was, driving to the school one day and I remember in my head I was like okay so Misty has this rental home every student is a hundred dollars a month no that's not what it is nowadays but at the time every student was a hundred dollars a month 
how many houses do I have to buy to replace students? Mm. That was the trick. Mm. So, well, if I'm making a hundred thousand dollars a year, that's eight, you know, eight thousand three hundred and thirty-three dollars. So, okay, cool. So I need how many rental homes for that, right? So, you know, you start. I started running the math in my head. And I was like, oh, there it is. I just replaced all of this, and we're good. So then we became on this mission of trying to replace that. Mm. And that was the way things kind of kicked off. We started to replace, we slowly, re we replaced students with houses. That's the way we did it. It's funny because like me and, you know, me and Alvarez were on two different paths. Um, you know, we've met, you know, you, you know, you've, you've met me and, and you're meeting me in a stage where I'm where he was years ago mm. and we kind of switched paths a little bit where because you know in the early years i wasn't competing or doing those things that i, that I wish i would i looked back on my it'd been a really good time i had to done that with him instead i was trying to pad myself on the real estate side mm. so i was working my ass off at the school trying to grow it trying to make money trying to everything we could make at the school and just go build it up go buy a house build it up go buy a property yeah, you just had different goals different targets just different targets and and it's funny because now we've actually helped him do that so um you know that's a whole other story in itself kind of how that came about but it but we started to build up and and i was so it took me i think we hit our because when I, you know when you hear most people say oh millionaire this and that they think like money in the bank shit right, right? The reality is equity. It's really assets. what's your assets. And so we finally hit that mark. So I was 19 when I started all this, 22 when I met Misty. So it was right at 30. I was 30 years old when I finally hit the mark. And then 35 when we hit, when we passed to the multi. But it was, it was, um, it was all martial arts related and, and like piling money and like just as much as we could. That's really the way things started. And then after that, 2020 hit the zombies hit we were prepared um and i watched a lot of friends just kind of go and tank you yeah. know they, like, like they were struggled or whatnot and that's when i realized you know 2020 is when i really realized like that was like okay it was kind of took a step back and like okay wow yeah i have been putting in the work yeah and it shows yeah it, it 2020 showed who was prepared and who wasn't mm. and it became a situation where all of that foresight from ahead of time and building the school showed that, okay, we did the right thing. And, you know, now we can stop. We can, we almost took a year off in 2020, I think pretty much it was like a vacation and got to experience more of what we were doing. Cause we were mm -hmm. hustling in the school. We built the school, the biggest, the biggest it was, it got cut by like 60%. Um, the student base and I just I looked back and I was like man this isn't it I can't do this this, is, this needs to be I'm, mm. I remember telling Alvarez I'm out I'm done I'm never going back to what it was I, I've, I've changed directions and and uh you know I don't talk about it much I do but I mean I, I do but I don't but it just depends on the circles but, but it is something that you know it's why I say it's why I'm so big on when I do talk about this kind of stuff that my big preach is to pad yourself because you know, mm. this election year is coming and I don't know what's going to happen, but, um, last year this shit happened was election year and who knows. Right. I mean, Especially he, with China and well, the war, everything that's oh, going dude, on. Texas realtors just got hit. All that, all the Metro tax got named in a lawsuit. 
all this NAR lawsuit that just mm-hmm. came about. There's some, this could cause some huge things. You gotta, so it's not Negro Domus. I call it honky Domus. You got to put your honky Domus hat on because I'm white, so I can't be <laughs> Negro Domus. But, but uh, no, man, you, you have to, like, you, you, you know, that's because that foresight that, that's there, and that's just part of running the business is to mm. look look ahead and say, this is, there's something else that's going to go on. So, so a lot of it for me was, it just, I knew I needed to, I knew where I wanted to go when I was 13. And to kind of sum that up, it's like, I knew where I wanted to be at 13 and 19. I, I knew I needed to switch directions. It wasn't big enough. Um, because you know, I don't, I, and you weren't enjoying it and you were kind of plateaued. Yeah. I, and I, and I think I saw that there was a bigger business mm. because I was told at 19, With Randy. Yes. I was told at 19 that you, a business is a vehicle. Some people drive Pintos and some people drive Lamborghinis and they all get you there at different times. And I looked at the martial arts school and I'll never forget thinking, and he, he and I had this discussion, it's capped. You can only fill so many people inside a martial arts academy. I think that the martial arts academy on the backside of that was huge to do because it built for things like, like I'm comfortable doing a podcast. I'm comfortable talking to people. I don't, I don't get like, uh, public speaking doesn't bug me. Um, doing shit on the fly doesn't bug me. I can walk in with no like complete plan and go, eh, fuck it, let's get it done. And it didn't look like it did. I just, those skills were developed from teaching for years and years and having to, you know, and then it helped make me a better leader. So like all those things that martial arts does for you, it was a better leader. It was a better, just, I mean, it just Communicator, really. Communicator, because you, a teacher, I mean, coaching something, mm-hmm. you have to communicate at a certain level to be able to make that enter the other person's ears and have make them comprehend what it is that you're telling them. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it teaches you what you're good at and what you're not good at um, and what other people should do. It, there's so much, there's so much. Right. So, so martial arts really built that for me and, 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 and put mm. that on the map all of those years so that when it was time to make changes, that's when, and of course, and then we started building the brokerage and, you know, that's when things changed to, you know, really shift into property management and to go another, to actually build a property management business and go into a different realm. Um, one of the things I look back is the confidence, like sounds weird, but you could probably put me in front of any kind of business and I wouldn't be scared to tackle it. Like it doesn't like, I, I don't have to know what I'm doing, but I'm going to fucking figure it out. And that was just the theme of it was figure yes. it out. Like, you, you, cause you've been there, done that. Yeah. You've had to figure out things that were a lot harder. Now you have lots of tools in your arsenal that you can pick and choose and, you know, you have yep. experiences. And so now like, you know, you're mentioning, you can walk in anywhere like, okay, I kind of have a system of how I can figure this out. Yep. Yeah. You just, you, you, you start learning. And so that's what jujitsu, mm. jujitsu teaches that teaching jujitsu teaches that building the business from scratch teaches that. Um, you know, I've, I've done, I've done numerous situations where give you an example, and this is just some, some, some like, just if, if someone said, Hey, what would you do? I'm a big believer in bootstrapping a business. It was how it was taught. It was how, it was how I, I learned it. I have done the other way where I've thrown money at a business and, um, you know, you lean on it. I'll give you an example. I, I mentioned dating earlier. So. I remember one time I had this friend and he had this car. It was just the biggest red piece of shit Ford I'd ever seen in my life. And he could just, I mean, girls just loved him, loved him. And I'm like, I remember I got this nice truck and I was like, and then you had like your friends that had the nice cars 
and they had a harder time getting girls than my buddy with the high knee socks and some other crazy shit because he had to work harder. He had to learn. These guys are relying on this nice car. So what happens is the same thing with money. They, they, they are, oh, I've got money, so I'm going to rely on the money. We'll throw money at the problem. And that mm. works to a degree. But when you bootstrap, you, when you bootstrap, you don't have those options. You're driving the shitty red Ford and you're taping your shit up and figuring it out. And then the next thing you know, you get good at it. So I think that's kind of one of the skills that we had. I had to learn early on mm. that, that was a value why they didn't fund me. And they didn't fund me at all because that that if had they funded me, it would have been lazy, and I never would have got that down. So, mate, so changing directions, making you know this and that, like that never would have happened because I would have been looking for money. Yeah, um, I think money has its place by all means. I think if you're if you're doing certain things, I've, I, I I can name several projects that I've thrown money at and it didn't work, but everything I've ever bootstrapped has turned to something. Mm. That's the difference. So. Mm because of that skill that that I had to learn early on and and bootstrap up. And so I try to teach that too. I mean anybody that ever, you know, how do I build a business? It's like that's something I try to teach is how to how to bootstrap and how to think. Because I remember hearing this one as well. And I, I tell this shit all the time too is it's you know it's not about having enough money. It's not having enough ideas. If you have enough ideas you can make the money happen. Money is just the byproduct mm -hmm. of it. So if you have, if you're, if you're resourceful enough, all that shit will happen. And when people throw money at the problem, they don't get resourceful; they get lazy. Right. So that's the difference. So I think that and, was. And people can smell it, like yeah. you were saying, like with the teachers, the ones that care and the ones that didn't. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like you can smell it. You, yeah, you, you can, can smell tell. if you if you care about what you're doing, if you're passionate about what you're selling, mm -hmm. or if you're just there because you just have you're not you're even lazy just to think about what it is that drives you yeah. or what it is that you want to do i got to a point where i could recognize real estate investors mm. or someone with money I, I because of all the that time of being around certain mm. individuals i was like this guy's got money so that's kind of where real estate really kicked off was a student came in and he bought multifamily mm. and he took me around he's like hey this is what it is um, I had stacked up. It was 2013. I had like $80,000 in cash. Again, homes were going for 100000 at the time. $80,000 in cash. Um, and I was like, I don't know what to do with it. I told him, I was like, Brian, what do I do? Brian was my next step. So it was Orlando, Randy, Brian. Brian's like, well, let me show you multifamily. I was like, okay, how does it work? So he's explaining it to me. You know, we're about to have, this is 2012 actually, because we're about to have Jake. And I was like, I got to do something. I was like, I got mm. to figure out what to do. And so 2012, Brian's showing me real estate. He's showing me multifamily. There's a multifamily property that I still kick myself in the ass for. Um, we went to this property. I think it's like 16 units. It's in Burleson. It was for sale for 350. I'll never forget the number. 350. I'm like, oh fuck yeah, 350. In my mind, that's a lot of money. I have 80,000. Percept. Talk about perception, huh? I gotta pull up my fucking calculator because on that property. Right. I know I can do this by head, but let's just go ahead and make it fun. So on that property, I would have needed to put twenty thousand down. I had eighty. That's only seventy thousand dollars. But I didn't know how to get a loan. So here's why mm. I struggled. I didn't know how to get a loan. I'd never gotten a loan. Um, here's the fun wow, part. Wow, that's impressive. I had shitty credit. Okay. <laughs> I know you hear Alvarez talk about that. Good credit, good credit. I was the opposite. So when I was nineteen, there was a point where my, I remember um, I had really good credit as a teenager. My mom set us up. 
she put us on the right path. She's like, we're gonna get you great credit. You're gonna, you're gonna, you know, we had credit cards and, and I was the, the rambunctious one that would run the credit card debt up and my mom would, we were spoiled. I, 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 I that, that's a whole nother one, but my mom would pay the bill off and shit. And then I would do it again. Like I was kind of bad at managing it or I was bad at managing it, but she was like, I got to keep these kids with good credit. Mm. And so when, <laughs> uh, so when I was 19, I went out and I bought a motorcycle again. I didn't know how to ride a motorcycle. Um, I bought it. I wrecked it uh, on the side of a building and I put it in my, and my credit was so good. There was no money down. Here you go. Like, like that was it. So, so I bought that motorcycle, wrecked it side of the wall. And then it just stayed in my parents' house. My mom was like, I will not, you cannot have that thing. So I eventually ended up letting that get repossessed. Um, but I didn't at first. So what happened was, during the medical record days, and this is part of resourcefulness, during the medical record days, I had to make a decision of one thing or another. It was pay rent, mm. keep the lights on, and like I had to, I had to, I learned about having to pay necessities mm. because I had racked up debt and other things, and I didn't make a lot of money. So I remember the bills were coming in, and I remember having that feeling of like, fuck, I can't keep up with my credit, and I, I felt like a failure. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. I'm gonna fuck my credit up. Like, what do I do? And, you know, so I ended up making a choice. I remember calling Randy. I was like, Randy, it's another one of those life things. I was like, Randy, what do I do, man? He's like, look, he's like, see, Bo, here's the deal. You have to survive first. After survival, then the other shit gets paid. And I remember telling that to my mom, and they were all wigged out. My friends are like, you're out of your mind. Don't do it. And I remember making the call, and my to my to my buddy and I was like I'm not paying my credit card bills I'm letting this shit go and so before that I had bought a car I had good credit bought a car um, and so I had to start paying my necessities because I wasn't making mm -hmm. enough and so what ended up happening was I let my credit cards go I let that bike go uh, I ended up letting the car note go at a certain mm -hmm. point so yes, I have eviction and I had, I had, I eventually, eventually, eventually had an eviction notice. So by the way, Misty, just from personal experience, they do put it inside the door like we're supposed to. Uh, I've experienced that myself. <laughs> um, so I, I basically just fucked my credit up mm. out of survival. And I had a lot of people tell me like, you know, oh, you're crazy. Don't do it. So that did another thing. I burned my boats. Mm. I had no choice but to be creative to mm. make things happen. Well, here it is. I'm starting a martial arts school. My credit hasn't recovered. How do I get mats? How do I get the place? How do I do this? How do I do that? So I ended up, to kind of give you an idea, like I ended up actually getting our rent for free for like three months. Then I caught a break and got our rent for $288 a month for I think almost a year straight. And then it went to like $400 a month. So this shit was just hand over fist. I mean, I'm, I'm like, it was like big ball and money. Like just, I just cash, cash, cash. But the creativity of having mm. to sell that, find someone that had mats, which I bought them from my coach. I was like, I'll buy mats from you. So I had to get creative where when I talk to people now, like, like, um, I was telling this to, 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 to uh, Diego the other day, like, don't go get a loan. Everyone's different. Everyone has a different right. mentality. 
don't go get a loan, bootstrap it. You'll you'll look better and you'll appreciate it in the long run. But that's just a personal preference. So, you know, because of what I grew up with, the fun part about all of it is when it was all said and done, what it proved was so Misty has is the eight fifty five credit score. She's that girl. She's I mean, perfect credit. Um She's Shut looking up. at me. I had to be, yeah, I had to be real careful to let these things out so, and not let her know like, Hey, I have a lot of drive, <laughs> but my credit is shit. She didn't, I didn't want to let her know. Like she kind of found that out later. When'd you find that out, honey? How long was it? Yeah, as we were getting married. Yeah. yeah I had to, You're so, like, Oh, she's locked in now. Yeah, <laughs> I locked her in. Right. So yeah, I locked her in. So, you know, it, it's, um, so I really had to prove myself. Like I had, I was like, I had to really make this thing happen. But what made it interesting, as far as Misty's part, was that my credit recovered on its own to a point that it was. I don't know what did I get seven fifties and what was it? Was it higher than that? Or I mean, it just like it wasn't eight hundreds, but on its own, shit drops off. Things after about seven years start, like they say, mm -hmm. it, it really fucking happens. But those years of of that, like being strapped very early, the hot, 19, the grind. 20, yeah, 21, 19, 20, 21, 22, of strapping myself early to have to bootstrap and live mm. the cash. I mean, put that into perspective. I have completely shitty credit and I just bought a house cash. Right. I mean, that is that no something. proof to the fact that you just have to put in the work. I mean, everything else, sure, like school, education, it's a tool. You can do things with it, but it's not the answer yep. to success. So it's it's all up to you. Yeah. That is the answer. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I, I bought, not only did I buy a house cash, I bought a house cash. And, and I say I, but we bought a house cash because Misty cashed out her 401k, which was like 20 grand which most people are like, don't do that. That's crazy. But that cat, look at that. Look at, Oh, the house is 280,000 now. And, and that, and, and a good chunk of that, there's a note on it. Now we, we refinanced out, we cashed out on it. Um, there's, but there's, there's a good, you know, there's, there's a good amount equity. of equity in that, but and the, it keeps growing and you know, you're leasing it. So it's already mm -hmm. cash flowing. Yeah. And, and it was not a house to live in. We bought shitty credit, bought a house cash, didn't live in it. Only stepped foot in at the time that we bought it or that we went to go look at it. And that was it. We inherited tenants. Um, but it was just, it was proof that like, hey, you don't have to have good credit to make mm. things happen. You don't have to, you know, it was doing it. And so again, it goes back to the chip on the shoulder. Yeah. Let me prove that this is the right way. So not only did I get a chance to prove that school isn't required to a certain degree, the schools, there's a lot of things that are fucked up in school, but also credit ain't required. Now, mm. On the other note, me and Alvarez have the discussion. He is right. It can make shit easier if you have your stuff in order. Um, of course, later on, as time went on, I got my shit in order. But in the early days, that not having it in order actually made me more nimble. It made me um, much creative. more creative. It was better. It's creative. Just, it's, it's what it was. It would push you to think versus... Uh, you know, I think there's something there because that, like the stability and stuff that, yes, he talks about, it takes time to build. Mm -hmm. I mean, regardless, whether, regardless, uh, right? So right. at the beginning, just all that grind and all that creativity, it just, it, it teaches you something that playing it safe doesn't teach you. Yeah. And so once if like at, at an early age, if you start, uh, you know, kind of 
getting too tight to the little wins and not wanting to let go because your fear you're you're you maybe have some fear of okay mm -hmm. if i take this risk i'm gonna lose this yeah there's there's no risk. You're just going all out. I mean, yeah. it, there's nothing much to lose, yeah, right? I, so you're just going out loud. Dude, I mean, fuck it. I was at the bottom anyway, so. Well, quite where, the contrary. Where are this we going? This is the fuel <laughs> yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. I was too, so there, there's a there's a, a saying that Randy and I both use, and it's um, too dumb to know any better. Mm. We were just too dumb to know any better. Like, we like we just, we forced ourselves to have to succeed to to a large degree. So, and and that's right. that's a lot of what I think went on. It's just you're you're forcing yourself to to succeed by putting yourself in position of either you're going to die here trying or you're going to make this shit happen. Right. And that was it. Yeah. You know, I think that's huge, especially for like young people that are watching because at the very beginning when you don't have as much responsibilities, if you don't have kids, which are some of the biggest responsibilities being young or these big responsibilities, it, it allows you to make mistakes Yeah, and, mistakes and I, I say that in quotation marks because they're really not mistakes you just don't know any better you're learning mm -hmm. right and so when you get older and now you have responsibilities and now you have to make sure you have a roof over a family that you yep. already have it is it does get a little bit harder to risk big things because yeah. you, you have to feed a mouth two three who knows how many that's where the padding comes in right oh, mm. that's where the padding comes in so now get a chance to go fuck it let's try it right that's and that's why like that's where most people make that mistake because they don't pad up they don't do things um to be able to do that kind of stuff to be risky and to take those chances and that's where or even earlier you mentioned 2020 hit you guys were ready mm -hmm. or even to be ready when things get shaken up that are out of your control yep. because yeah. a lot of things that do come politics wars pandemics who would have mm -hmm. thought we were gonna have Lawsuits. a pandemic <laughs> Lawsuits. that's my next one <laughs> so you know that that's 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 such a great like testimonial to anybody that doubts themselves or even thinks maybe i don't do it because i don't i don't have the rich parents or yeah. i don't have the support or i don't have what fill in the blank right mm -hmm. uh so that is a beautiful story some people have ex make excuses about not not doing what they want to do because they don't have the rich parent or yeah. they don't have the support or they don't have the education yep. or they don't have fill in the blank right and yeah. so you're you're literally like a a standing like testimonial to where you just have to have a goal you have mm -hmm. to have the drive you have to figure out what it is that you love and i think figuring out what it is that you love it's very it's crucial it is just it's critical yeah. because like you mentioned when you were doing the scanner business why did you end up quitting because you didn't enjoy it nope. you didn't love it yeah and i didn't know how to scale it i tried i i, I was even I, you offered know, you, a chance to try to scale it i just i couldn't i didn't yeah i couldn't do it well you know i'm sure that if i you wasn't the been right leader super passionate about it i'm sure you would have found a way yeah well so that to me was a leadership cap so there's that 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 idea of you know there's there's you know what different level levels of leaders right so that was i wasn't the leader that was required or, not, or needed in order to grow that. So I wouldn't have anyone follow me because I, I just, it was, uh, I'd hit my leadership ceiling. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. why that one happened. And it was jujitsu where things changed. You gotta remember like 
I'm 22. I'm 19. I'm 21. Like, like, like there's still a lot of that young who's going to follow me. I'm mm-hmm. a kid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You grow up, you're like a kid. So who's going to follow me at that time? So the youthfulness was used. I utilized it in a large degree. But the question of who was going to follow me because of that age. And I, I had the same problem in jujitsu. Whereas, you know, but I, I was always taught to use that. So like what I was always taught, and this is anyone that listens to this that, that's young and you're starting something when you're younger and everybody you're dealing with is older is that that you you need to come with basically, and this is what Rainy was telling me, your hands got to be open and how can I help? How can I be of service? Mm. And if you do that, it's so much easier. Most people want to help because there is, so there's a book, it's called Predictably Irrational and it talks about social norms and market norms. And when you start adding money into things, people will do less when you start adding just, hey, hey, Myra, can you help me move this couch? You're almost always willing. But if I say, Myra, we move this for five bucks, you're like, fuck that. I'm worth more than five dollars. Mm. Your social norms and market norms are different. So so if you just come in with a social norm of like, hey, I just need some help. Anyone who's been somewhere is willing to help. It's the reason why I would prefer to teach jujitsu for free. I've had that conversation so many times with, with, with even just Alvarez. I would rather teach for free because it's more fun. Mm. For money, I feel like I'm worth a lot more. And especially what we've done in the time now, that time's worth more. Mm. If you said, hey, story, would you want to get paid to the podcast? No, do it for free. I don't want that because it, it's, 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 it's something that's enjoyable. Mm. And so I think that, you know, that that's being that young and that age that was the one advantage was coming to that where some guys when they're young and they're dealing with older people and they're trying to grow a business, they come at it in a cocky manner and they're like, well, I know what I'm doing. And they all get fucked every single time they get screwed because the other guy's like, okay, fine. Cause when I see the humble one, I'm like, let me help you. When I see the one who's cocky, I'm like, Nope. We got lots of ego here yeah. to break. Let me yeah. go with the um, one that's open to learn. That's the difference. So, I see that in jujitsu. I see certain guys. And I'm like, oh, I want to help that person, you know. Or when someone who's not like that, yeah, you see it. You can sit. You can stand when when you train. You can listen to someone go, but but, and they argue. Mm-hmm. Like, nope, I'm done. Next person. Yeah, I got too much to do. I don't want to deal with that. So, being young and trying to grow that business was a leadership issue. But as things went as from martial arts, it became more of a, let me help you. Um, it was almost Jedi mind trick ish to a degree, but it, it makes a big difference. And yeah. I think that's what kind of helped a lot. So, you know, that was why I think that business didn't go as, as far. Um, yeah. I didn't love medical records, but it was a good experience for sure. But it became, it was a catalyst to the next thing. That was the bootstrap catalyst, which became the next part was the real martial arts and then became the real estate. And then the real estate, you know, it's funny because that same skill Misty's had to pick up herself. You know, she's, she's like, how do I just, I don't know what I'm doing. Not saying she doesn't know what she's doing, but whereas most people would, would go, I don't really know. I need to ask people and I'm just going to keep, I'm going to freeze up. Mm. Not ask, ask is what you should do, but I'm going to freeze up. She even had to learn that. And she, I think watched me and was like, man, like, you know, that's a little different. Cause I was an oddity. I just wasn't the same, mm-hmm. you know, it was just, I never, I never fit in with most crowds. It's kind of the way I operate. I mean, just yeah, I didn't fit in with most people, and and it sounds like it was a blessing. Oh, it was absolutely. I mean, put it to this to to a large degree. 
I was willing to lose my friends when I was 13. Mm. I, I knew what I wanted and I was willing to leave everyone to go get it. Mm. That's not a 13 year old thought process. And at 14, 15, you're not thinking about letting go of friends. And, and I would tell my buddies, I'm like, Hey guys, I'm going to let you know, I'm going to go do what I'm going to do. And you're going to come with me or I'm going to leave all of you behind. Wow. That's you that, said like that at 17, 13, 18. Wow. Like, I'm like, tell my friend, I'm going to leave y'all behind. And I, I fucking left them behind. I left a lot of them behind. Like it, it's not a, but, but you know, I will always help them if they ever ask, but I just, I had to leave them behind. You know, yeah. it, was, it was a huge thing. So that is huge because especially at that age where a lot of, you know, young adults are really trying to just fit in. Yeah, I and didn't. you know, um, there's usually like a group leader, and they just you know want to fit in or have or just enjoy life. They really don't have these goals, or you know, um, uh, what age were you when when you were writing your goals that he that seventeen, sixteen, seventeen? See, you know, I was you're writing was... these big goals. These aren't normal big goals. I mean, maybe nowadays, maybe some people, but, yeah. but, you know, especially back then, but even then today, not a whole lot of people. Oh, you still don't. I, I meet teenagers that don't even think about it. Before, right. I give the book rich dad poured out and pour that out to teenagers that I know. I'm like, Hey, you need to read this. And they, they usually come back to me a few years later. I've had that come back and they're like, mm. Oh, uh, man, I wish I would have, uh, would have read that before, before, as soon as you gave it to me. Yeah. And they don't read it. And then I'm like, all right, cool, man. You'll, you'll come to me when you're ready. But mm. I, I think, and I used to be on this thing too. Like the problem is if we have too many people that are like that, we won't have anyone to work. There will be nobody to do the jobs that need to be done. There won't be anybody to, because you're all going to be the visionary type of mentality. So you won't have that um, worker bee. Yes. I mean, there's got to be somebody that feeds the goose that lays the egg, huh? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I used to think everyone needs to, be a business owner and everyone needs to have these lofty goals. And I'm like, fuck that. We need section eight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I mean, I say that jokingly, but it's true. But we, we need someone. We, there has to be people because if you don't have, I'm not a big section eight fan, by the way, but, um, but if you don't have people who will do those certain jobs, then you can't build anything of substantial, you know, it's, it's, there's a, because that goes with what the government wants two things, housing and jobs. That's what they want. And if there's no one there to work, because everyone is a business owner and everyone's taking the risk, well, then we're going to have a, the society isn't going to be able to, to, to work. Right. So you have to have that worker be because not everyone can be the queen or, you know, you have to have that. So I, I used to preach early on, Oh, but you guys all need to start your own. I don't do that now. Start your own business, start your own business, start your own business. But I, 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 I believe in it wholeheartedly to some degree that some to certain individuals that mm. do need it but for the most part you know I, I don't preach that anymore because i'm like cool if, if we need that then that's just a role everyone has different roles some people don't want that kind of stuff some people want the risk um i was an odd kid man i just you know it just i it just it was not a normal kid and i think it's just i'm thinking back like you know that's why i missed this like you're a little much like it's just one of those like i i it, it was very, I was going to let friends go. Um, I even told Misty one time, I was like, I was like, I, I'm going to let everything go. Like, I've got to make these things happen. Like mm. I'm talking like you included, like not that I don't love her, but um, we're partners. So that's, that's different. But in early stages, you know, she's shaking her head like, yeah, yeah, because 
it was such a goal that I, I wanted to achieve mm. that. And it's funny because you get there, right? So kind of like fast forward a little bit and you, you get to that point, you make that, you know, you're 30 years old. And I remember this is an odd feeling. I remember having that conversation like um, with Randy and being like, call him be like, man, I've hit this goal. I'm fucking empty. It was weird. Like you're like, like I made this little goal. 30, I'm 30 years old. I've got a million dollars in real estate. We've, we've done, I've, I'm officially a millionaire. I've got money in the bank and it was empty as fuck. And I'm like, what the fuck do I do now? Like, mm. um, and I remember like, that was kind of like that. Like you start realizing like, okay, so there's a little more to this. Like there's something else. And I remember being told that. I also remember being told, um, you're going to lose it all mm. one day. I got told, Randy told me, that. he said, one day you're going to lose it all. He said, that's going to be a day that's going to help build you. I was like, fuck that. I'm never losing it all. And so that was another thing you said, tip on the shoulder that padded me, made me want to pad up mm. to do those things. You're and like, that's, that's not happening to me. It's not happening to that degree. Yeah. So to so, that degree, to right. that degree of what I watched him go through. Mm. So they're all little warning signs. You know, you see this now today, what he's doing is huge projects, but it's like, I got to watch what he went through and what these people. And so I think it has a lot to do with it too. Mm. And then just, you know, and then when you fast forward to 2020, I started telling a lot of my friends that own martial arts schools about real estate. Like we, so here's the thing. We were really quiet about it from mm. 2010 to 2020. We didn't want to tell anyone what we did. We didn't want to tell any, any student because in the martial arts realm, what we had experienced and our clientele to a degree was evil landlord they make too much money mm. um our cars you know w were you know our cars were were never nice cars they were just you know just like they were new like but it wasn't like we went out and got you know we went to go get the audi or anything like that that we really wanted to get we always kept it like low-key and simple because we felt like we were gonna get looked and frowned upon mm. even if we had the money we felt so we kept w it that why way. do you think there is, for, for whatever reason, there is some notion in martial arts that you are an instructor and you are supposed to be this, like a, what do you call him, uh, Mr. Miyagi type individual and you can't make any fucking money. But I grew up around people that were like, no, you can make money, like the martial arts realm and so we never wanted to show that side. Mm. And then on top of the asset protection, we didn't want anybody coming after us. And so we never told anyone. And then 2020 hit, I started letting it out. And that's when, or actually, well, I let it out publicly in 2020, but at about 2000, was it 18 or 19, Misty? It was 18, 18. We were, uh, we were at a uh, convention or this like business combat, this business group. The, of, of martial arts business owners and they asked a question and said hey you know everyone has a skill in here would anyone ever we were gonna we'll go around the room and i want you guys to introduce yourself stand up introduce yourself and tell someone what you can help them with at that time we'd had you know numerous rental homes and um in fact that those rental homes helped us through a, a, a degree of the school where we almost closed down at one point i was getting burnt out in 2016 and so they carried us through and so uh, financially. And so at 2018, you know, we're working to bump, pump the school up. I'm at this conference. Alvarez is with me. 
or I'm with him. We're we're together. We're there hanging out together uh, in this conference. This and is where you first meet. No, oh, no, you already met him. I, I okay. met Alvarez when I was a bluebell. Okay, we've known each other since I was 16. Okay, so okay, kind of place that like I'm 38. Okay, he's 48. Like we've been, we've been like what you see like, us rolling. That's just been happening since bluebells. Okay, there's no <laughs> that, that that's a that's a long term, that's a very long, long relationship, long okay. friendship. So, um, but we were there together, and mm-hmm. you know we owned this, you know, and so uh, I stood up. And I told the group, I was like, my name's Christopher Story. I can help you with real estate rental properties. That's what I know. And that's something I can help the group with. Mm. And no one asked me anything. And I was like, that's crazy. And we're <laughs> sitting there. Alvarez has got his little, you know, little drinky drink. And I'm sure Misty probably did too. And I have a water. And uh, he kind of leans over with me. And he's like, yo, what's up with this real estate stuff? And I was like, oh someone asked and so we broke it down we broke down everything we had done from all these years how we got from a to b and he had no clue he was like oh how the fuck do i get involved so we broke it down for him he goes back turns around and ends up uh i mean right after that ends up like like after that conversation we get back ends up turning his house to a rental house buying another house and he started his own process when I saw him do that, that's when I was ready to start going a little more public. And I started in the 2020 hit. I didn't say anything until about 2020. In 2020 hit, that's when I started saying, hey, I just started making videos and telling friends, like, you know, not really. And it wasn't geared towards anyone. There was really no audience. I want to make money off of it. Okay. It was just sharing the story. Mm-hmm. And the story was, all you motherfuckers didn't pad yourselves. You should do it. Do it now, because if you don't, this is going to happen again. If 2020 happened, what are the chances of happening again? If NAR got sued and, and, and lost and I was going to appeal, what's the chance of something happening? There's some force out there that's going to stop stuff. And it, as much as I thought 2020 was stupid and the masks, just personal opinions was like, this is fucking ridiculous. Somewhere in there, someone thought this shit was right and let's do it. So it caused a lot of people to, you know, lose their business and things. Go on. So, so for, for, for us, I started speaking out against, or not against, but speaking out for buying real estate and mm. rental properties and sharing that because we had helped Alvarez. We, we mm. introduced him to what it was. That was like your was. little guinea pig. It was the first time to let it out. No yeah. one knew. No one had any right. fucking clue that that's what we had done. Yeah. And, and I never wanted to share it. I shared it with my family, Misty and I. Um, and interesting enough, Misty's family is like mine. Well, actually, well, more. They were more like non-believers, right? Mm. Would you like? They were like, "Fuck that story's not going to do that. They can't do that together." And we just, she's got a chip on her shoulder too. She won't say it, but I know she's got it. It's just not the same. It's not as vibrant as mine. Um, but you know, just he was the first person we shared it with, mm. and he got to 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 do that. And then once he got his first rental, and we just again. We didn't make any money from it. We didn't want to. We were just helping a buddy. Social yeah. norm. Helping a buddy and just being of service. Being just yeah. It was just cool. I mean, he and I had been training together. We we you know, he's he's you know, he that's kinda how I look at it. He's helped me with a lot of things competitively. So anything I can help, like if I can help him make more money, fuck. I mean, then of course that's like great, you know. So so once I start sharing that, 
And then after that, that's where everything just kind of just snowballed into, you know, between the brokerage and stuff. But it became it became more of just I want to help. And so now there are people that I know that are business owners that school, particularly school owners who have some with a little guidance, others with just lighting the spark mm. have actually bought rental properties or got their real estate license um, that, you know, these are black belts that own schools and, and they all, you know, they, they just, just introducing that concept. And that's mm. what really kind of became my spark to where the podcast showed up, why we started doing our podcast. Uh, you know, when did you start doing your part, your podcast? Last, last April, mm. last April, I just wanted to share stories, wanted to document Mm. my kids are going to come in contact with some rental properties and they need to know who to fucking contact. Um, and so we started doing that because we just wanted to share it. You know, we don't make any money on the podcast. We just wanted to share that because we knew and document everything because we knew that at some level, you know, someone out there is going to hear that. And mm -hmm. if we can recreate that same process for what we helped him do in 2018 and 19, then that was a good feeling. Mm -hmm. And then be able to share that because love that we got to like i mean i don't know i just i remember like sitting on the porch eating breakfast every morning like we'd we'd been hustled we'd hustle our ass so uh, so much in 2020 or 2019 between 2017 and 2019 because we were gonna close the school in 2016 we had to make a choice we were i was getting burnt out i was one I, I was done i was like fuck this man i'm tired of this you know this is this um and i was just getting tired of doing what we were doing so what what part oh sorry cutting no, 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 no. uh what part of like getting burnt like what was it that was that like why were you kind of burning out out of from teaching like what do you think i that think a was? couple things happened i think one i had made it mm. i lost drive um mm. when you hit a point where you're like i made it i did what i wanted i did exactly what i was after when i was 19 you start to look around it's empty you know there was some emptiness there there was like man like and then you know like the school wasn't getting past a certain point financially. I didn't see a million dollar academy happening, which I actually know people who own, I have friends that own million dollar academies. Um, that shit's a real deal. Um, and I saw that. I was like, fuck that. I don't ever want that. Uh, it's all another animal. So, you know, the, 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 a lot of it I think was just learning or just kind of getting burnt out because, you know, so another thing that happened was, I had been teaching kids since I was 14 and it was on a very regular basis. When we had our own kids, I had, um, 2012, we had our first son in 2014, we had our second son and I never, like, I missed so much. Mm. I was like, I just like, you know, you, like you go through, like I spent more time with other people's kids than my own fucking kids. Mm. So I would look around and be like, you little bastards here. <laughs> like I'm not, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Right, but, but you were missing your kids. I was like, I, I well, when when it when it really hit was when I looked back and I was like, when 2020 hit is when I really thought, man, fucking a dude, Jake is like seven years old, and all he knows is dad goes to work. I was like, this is some bullshit. I ain't doing this no more. Mm. I'm out. Like, and so I started to rearrange a lot of things, and that's when we were like, we wanted, I wanted more time, so the idea of buying more time back was what the real mm. estate rentals were. It was saying, I just want to buy time back. I want freedom because it wasn't the money because in 2016, the burnout was because you made the goal. We, you know, we own our building. We own our martial arts, like mm. where we're at. We own the property. Like we own the building where we've like, it's like, I, 
I'd got to a certain point. I mean, it was like, well, fuck, I've, I've made all I wanted to make at that. From when I was younger, it's not where I want to be. There's way further, but so you just kind of lose sight, lose direction. Um, yeah. Well, I think there's something too where um, your priorities change, right? Now you have kids and you've realized it. So now it's like, okay, well, what's driving me, you know, before my kids, you know, there was, that was a big force, but now a bigger force has taken over and it's your family and it's, it's, it's that quality time. And that wasn't until 2020. Mm. So in 16, what ended up happening was the school was getting stagnant. I was getting burnt out and I just got to, when 2020 is when I looked around, I was like, I'm done with, I'm, I'm I don't want to hang out with other people's kids. I want to hang out with my kids. So mm. we saw the school because I have my kids and I get to teach my kids, but you got to keep in mind from, you know, Jake's 11 now, but he didn't really start getting serious till years later. Even at three years old when he was doing jiu-jitsu, he wasn't that serious. I didn't really get to spend time with him. Mm. It was always putting out fires, trying to make the next buck. It was a very, so that Fast business, so, so that business is, the, here's, here's how I explain that business. That business is a huge revolving door. If you think about it for a second, just think about your own experience in jiu-jitsu. How many people start and stop, start and stop, mm -hmm. start and stop, start and stop? Well, how many people need a place to live? And what's the first bill they're going to pay? Because we were always the first bill they got rid of. Mm -hmm. So in 2020 sitting there, we thought, I will never go into a business that is not revolved around necessities mm. ever again. It has to be. If it's not a necessity, I don't want to be involved because I spent so many years in a business where people would be like, yeah, man, they do all this and then they get their blue belt and poof, they disappear. <laughs> Shit wasn't a thing, by the way, when I was younger. Um, and so you start realizing how expendable you are. And so I thought, man, if I'm the guy that they're fucking paying rent to, you're going to pay me one way or another. You're going to pay me rent. They're going to pay me jujitsu. Mm. Now, we don't really know. Have we had anybody rent from us to did jujitsu? Not that we're aware of, but if we did, that'd be funny. <laughs> that was my thought process, right? Was, right? It was that whole thing. So I thought, you know, if I just, if I can, if I can build that. So 2020 was that, that was when the realization of like, okay, I'm done with other people's children and I want to focus on my own kids mm. because that, man, that was like, that was too much, too much missing of stuff. Right. And then being able to buy time back, that was a big thing. Like I actually like to sit down because it wasn't just me, it was Misty. It was her and I every day lugging our shit back and forth because we don't, we don't drive to the school. We walk, we live mm. where we live. We have a house and then we have the school. So we would just walk to work every day. And it was always mom and dad have to go to work. Mom and dad have to go to work. Mom, and Misty's like, fuck. Misty didn't even want to be at the school. Like she actually left before I did. <laughs> she, or not left before I did, but she, she got out earlier, like at 2020. She was like, I'm never going back. And so, you know, she, she didn't, she just helped me build. And she's like, I just want more time with the kids. I want more time to myself. I want more time because you didn't really get that. It was always either a fire or you're trying to help someone or whatever. And, and yeah, because to make the school run well, you have to help someone. You know, it's all about helping. Right. Alvarez has done a fantastic job with that. He and I talk about that. He's, he's done a fantastic job with helping people staying in there. He doesn't have young kids. I want to see my kids. If I didn't have, if I think I was more where he was at, It'd be a little bit different, but right. the priorities, I only got so many more years left. So right. I, I've got to get some thing. I've got to get, you know, cause the early years, I mean, 2012, what Jake, that's the four. I mean, they don't remember that. I asked Jake questions. Do you remember that? He's like, I don't remember that. But 
Jake remembers shit now. So mm-hmm. now they're nine and 11. So I'm like, I, they remember that stuff. So I want to be around. And even if that's just being around, whether it's going and doing something like, or going into eat or go, or we do jujitsu together or, you know, they just dads here. It's not always dad in the office. Like I work right. a lot less now um, because of that work more efficiently. So a lot of that comes down to, you know, why I got burnt out. It was just 2016 was just, I hit a goal. 2020 got to a point where we were able to exercise the right to be like, I'm not doing, I'm not because the, so to scale the martial arts school, it's, um, imagine this for a second. You spend $30,000 to make 30,000. Like, mm. what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> like the, like, like, like the, the, the bookkeeping here, it's not uh, going up. This is fucked up. Like <laughs> I'm spending all this time in right. this place. I love jujitsu. Mm. I mean, I, I fucking love jujitsu, but I'm spending all this time in this place, spinning my wheels, never getting ahead. Like I couldn't feel like I was getting, but where, but where did we get ahead? The rental properties. We got ahead on the rental properties. Every fucking day of the week, we got ahead, and it was hands off, and it didn't take a lot of work. At that time, we hired property management. It didn't take a lot of work. So if you just look back, and you're like, well, what's... So in the book, Quit, if you ever listen, read that book, Quit, they talk about expected value. So your expected value is what? You're, you're not going to get the same fucking value if you're spinning your wheels. At what point do you stop and say, I'm not doing that shit anymore? Mm. And, and, and so that's where it came down to is like, we are spending, we are, we are making 20,000, 30,000 a month, but we're losing it. It's going right out the fucking back door from payroll and all this stuff. Like, yes, we're, we have payroll. Yes. We're helping support people. We love the staff. We've never really had high turnover in staff. They've always stuck with us. But what it did was it just made me go quit the insanity mm. and let's go to something that's not. And so 2020 really opened that up. I got mm. to share that with people. I love sharing that with everybody. And I preach today that, that it baffles me because like, you know, so in the brokerage we have realtors and I'm always like, you guys got to get rentals, man. Like you can't be in this business and not own some, not own some property, not do this, not do that because they, that's that padding, you know, yeah. NAR gets sued. They don't have anything. They can't be a buyer's agents and all that shit changes. Mm you do what do you do right necessities yeah so you know i think like for some people you know it's um sometimes depending on the point in the point they are in life you know they kind of have to have that support from that significant other right and i know that that was her at the beginning right i think you mentioned she didn't kind of want to until she couldn't sell and then she decided okay let's do it and that was kind of like that eye opening i'm like oh Mm -hmm. wait there's there's something here yeah so would you say that experience made it easier to kind of get her in the boat and say, yeah, let's do this together? Or did you still have had some, let's say, some conversations that you had to have with her to make it happen? So this is Misty. <laughs> so Misty. Because, um, you know, everybody, even, you know, you, you were in a relationship uh, very young, yeah. right? whether before her, you were still in a relationship and then you met her, you're still young. And so you have to kind of make choices together in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. So especially now we're almost always on the same page to a large degree. Um, but in those days, to kind of give an idea of who Misty was, you know, when I was like, Hey, do you want to move in together? Her response wasn't like, yeah, that's great. She looked at me and she's like, we can try it out. 
like, <laughs> let's try this out. Like, like I'm like looking at, oh, fuck, man, I, I hope this works out. <laughs> like, you know, like, like she just, she didn't really have, she didn't come from that like drive background. It was just like, so I think what really did it, and because her and I have this conversation, like we've had it in the past numerous times. Like, why'd you pick me? Why, why I? But she's just like, you were just driven. And I just, I mean, I mean, you know, I ain't getting younger. You were just driven. I could see it. We enjoyed each other's time. We like each other, you know, and, and, you know, obviously move in together. It's, you know, we're going to figure this out faster one way or another. Um, and she just, it was the drive. I think I'd sold her pretty much. Would you say that Misty? I sold you very early on. See, I could sell. Didn't want to waste any more time. Didn't you know? want to waste she just, time. She listened to a lot of Carrie Underwood. Yeah. Yeah. Do what? Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. So, and we knew fast. So, so it just mm. became a thing of, so supportive wise, there was a couple of times where she's probably, you know, Hey, you know, she's like, I don't know if I'd say she was worried that I was going to pay her back, but I always told her, I was like, I get my turn and then you're going to get your turn. Well, in 2020, she got her turn. So which put me in the seat to do what I wanted, what I've always wanted to do. And then she gets to do what she wants to do. So we spent years hustling together, but those early years of her supporting the financial part helped. That's something else I talk about too with people that, that struggle where they just go, hey, I have a spouse. I don't understand spouses that don't get along. Like, this is going to sound weird, but we don't really fight. Um, like most people, you know, some people are like, oh, I'm on the, I'm on the, I don't know what the doghouse is. Like I've never experienced <laughs> it. I don't, we don't have that kind of relationship. Um I, I, I'm, I'm sure some other woman I might, but I mean, I, but she's pretty easygoing. And I feel like, you know, so it, it's, it, she was willing to take that chance mm. and support. And I always was like, I'm going to give it back. And so mm. I just made sure that when that time came, I gave it back. Mm, sounds like another strong force to, you got to make it. You have to make it. And, and, and also too, like the, you know, it didn't take a lot of convincing to do things. Mm. Um, I think if anything, I think where we butted heads and Misty, you might disagree or agree with this. Uh, I think where we butted heads most was the way things were done. Mm. So Misty grew up in a, in a way that was, and, and I grew up the same way. My mom was like this cause my, my parents are, are, um, my, my parents are like this too, but pay, pay all your bills, be in no debt as fast as you can. Um, you know, as soon as you get money in, pay it off, send it out. But I was taught, not by my parents, but by the mentors, by Randy. I remember, I'll never forget hearing this phrase. And we argued with this probably the most of, if anything, was as a business, it's very important that you are quick to collect and slow to pay. And so we used to fight over that because as soon as money comes in, she's trying to pay bills. And I'm like, fuck that. You got to float. We need to be able to float this money a little bit longer to get it to here. And I think that's probably the main mm. thing we ever argued about the most. And then once she learned how to float money, like construction business float money, construction business are notorious for floats. But once she learned how to float money, then it just became more, I mean, we just, we were all on the same page. Mm. She wanted mm. it. I think she wanted the freedom as well yeah. that I wanted, that we wanted, um, you know, it's funny, like she doesn't want nice cars. I don't understand that, honey. I'm sorry. Um, she just didn't really care about cars, that kind of stuff, you know, which is nice because she tells me, well, I mean, 
could be the other person. I could be the wife that wants the really nice purse. I mean, she's just not that person. Probably gets her haircut once a year. Yeah, I had to, I have to fight. Well, we got to go. <laughs> yeah, we got to go. But, I, you know, I force her to do that stuff. You know, it's like, hey, you got to do this because it's just a different mentality. And so I think that if what really made Misty and I work was just she's easygoing and I'm not. We're mm. complete yin and yang. Mm. Um, what is it when, when you met her? Uh, what was it that you saw in her and that attracted you? So I always liked someone that wasn't like me. Mm. <laughs> Um, I could not live with a me. I, I did. I had a, my, my previous longtime girlfriend and I had fought mm. tremendously. Like we just, it was like that, you know, we'd fight, fight, fight. And Misty had no fight in her and I had no fight in me. I was done. I'm like, this is, this is stupid. Like, you know, cause I grew up in a household where you just watched your parents fight all the time. And like, this is what it's supposed to be. But you know, with, with Misty, there was just no fighting. And I mean, I, I even remember trying and she's just like, I'm not doing this, man. <laughs> so I think Misty's different. So I was always attracted to, as far as like girls, the opposite. So I was a high school dropout. I never considered myself the super smart guy as far as like, like I, so this is who I was, um, just to give you an idea. And Misty can confirm this. I slept through a great deal of the real estate courses and mm. still passed the fucking test. <laughs> I had the smarts to make great grades. I had the ability to do, to be in GT and honors and all those fucking shit. I was in some of that, but I didn't want to do that stuff. I didn't like that stuff, but I always admired any other partner or female that, you know, girlfriend that, that was like that. That was the opposite. So Misty graduated college. She, you know, she just was independent. She had her shit together because I think if I was with someone that was like me, no one would have their shit together. We would all be in trouble. You've got to have, so have you ever, you may have, may have not, but there's a book called, um, is it it's Skyrocket? What's it? It's a, talks about visionary rocket fuel. Rocket fuel, no. So, okay. So there's a book called Rocket Fuel. So if you guys, you know, you work together as, as husband and wife, it talks about there's a visionary and there's an integrator and everyone needs something so a visionary is like a Steve Jobs. A visionary is someone, and then, then the integrator is going to be the person who goes and does it. Mm. So her personality is an integrator. She's the one that she will do the tasks. She doesn't want to be around a lot of people, but she'll just do the task. She's not super talkative, but she's funny as fuck, but she'll do the task. But, you know, but she will get it done. I'm the one that's in the daydream going, okay, if we just do this, okay, that direction, throw on the honky Domus hat, all right, we're good. <laughs> Okay, go there. All right, put the pieces in place. I drive the bus. She's the co-pilot. Mm. So, and that book explains us exactly mm. why we are, why we get along or why we don't argue a lot and why we're not, you know, not saying we don't disagree. We disagree. There's, there's moments where we're like, you know, fuck you, you're wrong. And we walk away, but we don't carry things into like, I'm on the couch or this or that. Like, Makes sense. Why are we going to be, what's the point of even being married if that's the case? You know, we want our kids to know. We ask our kids that. Can you tell mom and dad like each other? Yes. We want that. Because she comes from a family where her, you know, her mom and dad got divorced. So, and I came from a family where my parents just argued and, you know, and it's not an unknown fact. You know, that's just what it is. They right. argued, right? So, so because of that. Um, because of that. We didn't want our family, our, our, our kids to be that. Mm. So we were just like, so if it did, if it wasn't going to work, it wasn't going to work. So, 
you know, so I think as far as just relationship wise, that, that book rocket fuel explains us mm. 110% of why we are the way we are, who, and, and why we work together. And so when I see husband wife duos, so here's the other part to kind of tag or to add to that. I watched Orlando and Serena work together. Mm. So I modeled, you said, what was it? The, 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 I don't know if I've ever actually, Serena probably won't, I don't know if I'll say this, but if she ever does, I think I've actually told her. If you look, if you took Serena and, and Misty and put her together, they have similar features. My my, my model of a wife was after Serena mm. because Orlando and Serena love each other. They 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 like each other's company. They enjoy each other. They bickered. They had the the, the like the, like everybody does. I mean, anybody that sits here and says they never bicker, I mean, that's just yeah a lie the the difference is how do you handle it yeah right yeah they disagreed and shit but they but you knew that orlando and serena loved each other mm. and anyone that had been around them they were like and i was like so watching them mm. i modeled my marriage after that i was mm. like that's what i want and the weird part is there are certain facial features and things i see in misty and i'm like that's serena like i look at her sometimes I'm like I married Serena and I don't mean that in a weird way because but Serena was like a mother figure for me right. she was like a mom like they say you marry your, your mom example yeah. the funny part Serena's black she ain't white <laughs> <laughs> so Orlando's black so it's like but and I say that like I don't mean that like oh they're black but it's like you would you put them side by side and you're like huh like so I grew up like when I think it's like Friday and stuff I grew up more cultured I grew up more into that's why I'm I'm a little different too in that sense like just a little more cultured and things. Cause I got to, that was my family. My second family was a black family. My second, I'm with this white kid running around with this big old black dude. And you know, and that my, my marriage was modeled after them. So if you look in Misty and I's marriage to some large degree, it was modeled after mm -hmm. that on purpose. Mm -hmm. There hasn't been one thing that I haven't done in life in, in, in a degree that was not calculated. Mm. I would say, would you, and Misty would agree with that. Like it's not, it's not calculated. It's not thought out. Mm. It's everything from even, even to the way that I actually speak, stop, talk. Like it's all thought out. Movements are thought out. There's not one thing that's not down to the marriage. So I kind of knew I wanted to do jujitsu. I needed to marry someone like Serena. I needed a, a relationship like Orlando and Serena. Like it was all mapped out. It was laid out right in front of me. But it, it was it was the model. Yeah. You just have to fill in your blanks. That's all I did. I modeled after a bunch of people. I was mm. like, and don't do that. And I still do that to a, to today to a large degree. There are certain individuals that push me that I'm like, okay, you're pushing me. All right. I need to be that. I need mm. to get to mm. that. And so I think that has a lot to do with why Misty and I do work out because I modeled a lot. I just modeled a lot of shit out of after what I saw that was successful, mm. um, you know, to kind of throw this out, like, so my brothers to, to talk on the drinking thing, my brothers, uh, one has HIV and, and, and that's not an unknown fact. Like, that's not like a, we don't talk about it. Like he's not scared, you know, and he got that when I was 14 mm. and, and it was a dirty needle. It was drugs. Mm. So, so, so if you, if, so, so, Hearing that, knowing that, seeing that, I'm like, well, we ain't doing those. <laughs> and then my other brother got hooked on heroin when I was, uh, he, he and I are closer in age, got hooked on heroin. So watching that, I never seen someone fall so fast. Like their standards mm. couldn't get any lower. And I don't tell these stories to talk shit. I tell these stories to say, this is, these were the things to not. That shaped you. Yes. To make me go, I'm, I'm not going to do that. So I was like, well, shit. 
if one brother's got HIV and drug issues and the other brother has drug issues. Yeah, I'm mm, staying away from drugs. <laughs> I wonder what would happen if I started drinking. Mm. I'd probably get fucked up too. So let's just stay away from that. <laughs> and so that kind of shaped a lot of things. So a lot of what I did or shaped was off of not just what I wanted, but what I knew I didn't want. Gosh. And those yeah. stories. And so, you know, that has a, I think has a lot to do um, with the shaping of, of like the oddities and why, like why I'm not, why I wasn't the normal kid and why I was willing to let go of my friends. I mean, you know, to let go of a lot of things in life to make certain goals happen. Um, yes. Yes. You know. uh, now I'm curious to know. So at school you were, just not the student teachers probably wanted to have in their class and you know you just mentioned you know multiple books so when what was it that like that you started reading or you know i and you were always asking questions you know that that's huge reading actually was what pulled me out of depression oh it was a weird one so um i remember like and misty's heard this you heard these heard that all right, I've told all my stories to Misty. I wanted to, <laughs> she's like, damn, you let that out. So uh, I remember there was this girl I was caught up on, right? She's like 16 years old. She's a year younger. Um, I was like convinced. I'm like, I'm going to leave jujitsu to, to go with this girl. Like, I'm just like, it was like the girl. Mm. And by the way, I'm so glad some bullets were dodged <laughs> by 100 miles. I saw that one day. She was laughing. Uh, so I, I was hooked up, you know, I, I was just held up on this girl and, and the girl didn't like, you know, we, we were girlfriend, boyfriend. She didn't, you know, then she kind of, um, broke up with me. She broke up with me. And so when that happened, I was like in this funk of like, you know, oh man, you know, I'm just depressed. This is girl. I'm doing jujitsu. I mean, I'm blue belt. Um, I'm still around Orlando all the time. And I remember O came to me and said, Hey, he's like, Sibo tired of seeing you mope around man i need you to read i was like mm. honestly he's like he's like he's like let me ask you this he said do you actually he didn't say i need you to read first thing he asked was do you are you do you want out of this depression funk thing you're going Ooh, through and i was like good I, question I was like, I was like yeah i was like i do actually uh, he goes okay he's like here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna give you a book and it's as a man thinketh he said i want you to read this book and we're gonna talk about it and he'd always tell me, he's like, if you don't read, because I hated reading in school because they gave you these dumbass stories. And I'm like, who the fuck wants to read this? <laughs> I still think that today. They give it to Jake and I'm like, Jake, don't worry about your homework, man. Just, just it. So, <laughs> so I read the book as a man thinking, he says, you're going to read it and we're going to talk about it. And it was, the book is, the premise is about what you think you become. Your mind's like a garden. If you think about it, the weeds grow automatically. You don't have to think, you have to pluck the weeds. So it was my first introduction to we have a choice mm. of what we're going to think. And I'm 16. Ooh. So I, that was when, and remember he introduced me to rich dad, poor dad. I'm also listening by, and all of that time, I'm also listening to Zig Ziglar and how to sell. So mm. he's got me listening to all sorts of shit. But I read the book and then that book started to kind of pull me out of like the funk of depression. And then it kind of made me look further into things. And then mm. it was one of those became, okay, so there's something this reading thing. And then we talked about it. We talked about the book and he gave me another book. And then after that, we kind of did the same thing and he just left my own devices. And then I started to go find books on my own and, and, and it became uh, a situation where I really just enjoyed 
You found the value. It was subjects. I wanted certain subjects. Certain I knew subjects. where I wanted to get to and wherever I wanted to get to, that was what I was going to get to. So, so a lot of that, that's where it first started and it was getting out of depression. Mm. And then the chip on the shoulder, that girl was a part of it. Because mm. I was like, you know what? Fuck her. <laughs> she don't like me. I'm going to make a lot of damn money <laughs> and I'm going to get my black belt. I'm going to be every, I, I, and I'm going to make sure that if this girl ever fucking sees me again, she's going to go, she's going to look at her husband and be like, you are one ugly bastard compared to that guy. And look <laughs> at me and go, I fucked up. That's what I wanted. That's, that's the way I thought my, the chip on my shoulder drove me to prove a point to not just mm. my friends, to not people around me that were like, oh, you're not going to do this, but also to the one that said, you're not good enough. Mm. I was like, I'm not good enough? Fuck you. Let's find out. Of course, you get there and no one really says shit, so it didn't really <laughs> matter. But that's that was what really drove me to go and push into those areas that didn't really take it was like a hot button tim grover talks about that you have you know almost everybody has that's done something has a chip on their shoulder i let other people push it and he talks about you know like hey it's it's there and we all have it and it's that and so that that chip is what drove me the not good enough not adequate enough she didn't like me um and, and again i'm 100 i dodged a fucking bullet but like it but when the dog even though the bullet was dodged it was something that was such, yeah, it was a yeah. push that I would drive to jujitsu, like, fuck her, fine, you know what? Even though I still liked her, I'm just like, I'm gonna prove my worth to everybody that I'm gonna be this. Like that Randy Travis or Randy Travis Tritt song, I'm gonna be somebody one day. Yeah, that was mm. me. That was me. I had that shit on in the car, you know, I had to change out. I had to go from Sarah McLaughlin to Randy to Travis Tritt. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, but that was really what drove it was, was the was the chip wow that's that chip. that's awesome you know and and you know someone might say well you know uh, he had all these mentor t mentors or you know he had the, these people that he wanted to model and uh maybe your, your siblings that your brothers that you did not want to model yep. were you the youngest by the way i am the baby the, I'm out the of baby. three sounds I, like I, out of three i have an older brothers is he seven or eight years older misty Seven, and then I have a my other brother's fourteen months older. Okay. So. So, it, but you know, someone might say that, but I would say like like props to you for being having that awareness mm -hmm. to to like say okay, these are the guys that are doing something that I'm passionate about and I want to model because yeah. a lot of people, you know, may be around a, a circle where they do want to be there. Maybe they want to, they love it, but they might be too afraid to ask questions yeah. or to just, you know, make themselves pres present and learn um, or even have the awareness to say, Hey, you know what? That sounds like that's going uh, a direction that doesn't take me anywhere healthy or, you know, and so I would say props to you for being aware, especially at even at age 13. I mean, how many kids at age 13 know this is what I want to do? Yeah, I think I, I, I got real lucky because um, I, I, I asked myself, how do I recreate that for my kids? How do I recreate that for anybody mm. else? And I've never fully met someone to this day. And I don't know, Misty, if you could agree or say it was like that. Mm. that I've never met or helped that was like that. Um, they, they're, whether it was jujitsu or in business, like I've never fully met that kind of individual because they're, 
you gotta remember too, like if you, even if you back up into that 13, you know, 12, 13, I asked my mom, I was like, mom, what's a CEO? How do I become one? Didn't know what that was. Mm. And so, you know, it's like, I knew that, that whatever it was, I, I knew I wanted to be my own boss because mm. I didn't like authority. I hated mm. being told what to do. So I think okay. when I look back at like mentors, I think a lot of that was putting full trust into those individuals. Trust. And knowing that whatever they told me. You believed. Believed. Um, and to a degree that with Orlando, whatever he said was right. And that was just it. And I had to learn. So Orlando was everything he said was correct. Like it was, there was like, it was the word my mom could say it. And you know, she didn't necessarily say everything Orlando said, but she could say something that Orlando may say. And then I wouldn't believe it as much, but Orlando says it, I believe it. So, yes. so there was a lot of trust there. And I was also willing to open up a lot. So I didn't, um, I didn't open up to my mom as much and I, mom, mom and I get along. We have a good relationship, but we have a pretty good relationship understanding of one another, but she, but I opened up to Orlando to pretty much everything. And I think that helped a lot for sure where it was like most people would never do that. So because I was around him, it was like a big brother and a dad at the same time. Mm. And you know, he, he was just someone I looked up to so much and we spent so much time together that I opened up, uh, a lot to him and a lot to Serena to such a large degree that I was able to get the advice that most mm. kids would have just found out from their friends. Right. That's, that's it. They would have just been like, you know, like it'd be like, we were friends hanging out. I'm like, Myra, I got a problem. What do you think? And you're like, fuck, I don't know, but right. here's my answer because I don't have this. I don't have the experience, but these guys, right. they're older. They have experience. They have, you know, they're, and so I put a lot of trust into them. And then once I actually met Randy is when I started to actually had to think for myself. Mm. That's what he taught was like, you have to, you much as he means well for you, it's time for you to stop doing everything he says and mm. start thinking about how you want it to be. Mm. And so that made a big difference. So, to, to kind of answer that or go back to that, like why, you know, I, I think it was a lot of luck, just a lot of trust in the individuals I was around. And I think too, you can, if, if someone pays attention, you can actually care, tell when someone gives a shit about you. Mm. I was really tuned to that. Like, okay, this person actually wants to you be around feel it. You feel it versus like the people that don't or, you know, so it just, there's something that I was always just in tune with at, mm. at a young age and, and there were so many adults and they weren't the only ones. There was other adults. I mean, that, that, that taught me a lot of lessons in jujitsu that carried through that I still have today. But I think it was, it was, some of it was right place, right time. So it was just luck. Some of it was, um, and just what, you know, taking advantage of it, uh, a mix of jujitsu, enjoying it. And then, you know, just wanting to just yeah soak it up man, and, and really just, change and, your life it sounds like you just wanted to change your life yeah for the better i i i think it was just big goals big goals because i didn't know what life change was and mm. so, so so i didn't know what positive attitude was until i did martial arts i had no idea i didn't know we could think we can control our thoughts and we can think this and we can think that i just knew that i i, I wanted to just i wanted to teach kids and live the jiu-jitsu life that was it. I yeah. had so much fun doing it. And teaching, you found something that drove you. It was rewarding. It was rewarding, it was rewarding to teach dopamine. kids. I love teaching kids, man. I, 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 I was, I mean, it, it just became, it became something that I, I love to it do. It brought and you joy. It did. It did. And, and I did it for free. 
Um, that's why I say I've never really met anybody like that that's willing to do something for free at this mm. time. Like I, right. I, I don't think I know anyone that I can think of that'd be like, I'll work for you for free so I can just learn everything. Mm. But I was that kid. I'm like, I, I, I didn't really care whether it was jujitsu or payments or whatever. Like I just wanted to learn. Let me be in the room. I got to be in the room with like with Randy and, and some of the bank, like a bank president and the owner, like, like who the fuck sits in with a bank president? Like, you know what I mean? They just, Oh, this is Christopher. He's just going to sit in with us, you know, and I got to listen to these conversations and got to listen to things that other people never listened to. So that had a huge, uh, I think that had a huge impact too, because he would sure. bring me in to, to be able to listen to this stuff. They would be doing deals. I mean like multi-million dollar deals with these different, you know, different companies. And he would let me sit in on that. Randy would let me sit in wow. on some of those deals. He'd say, Hey, you know, a story, meet me at such and such. And, and dress up, you know, and, and uh, I'm going to introduce you just as one of our, one of our uh, employees or whatever. Don't say anything, just sit. And, and wow. that was it. And what so a gift. I was like, fuck yeah. So I got to sit in and really listen to that stuff. So I think a lot of it, man, if I had to sum it all up, it was just fucking luck at some <laughs> level. I think there's, there's a. Well, I would say maybe there's, of course, um, uh, a, a bit of luck, but I don't think luck happens just because of luck. I think. I think you create luck by putting in the work yeah. and I think, you know, and, and it just, it manifests as luck, but I, I can see the awareness. I can see the drive, um, regardless of how it happens, it, it comes to people differently, but mm -hmm. you know, you were able to see it and take advantage of it because you could have said, Oh, you know, my brothers are doing drugs. Okay. I wonder what that's like. Yeah, let, me, like? let me let, let me try it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. then so like huge props to you. And you know, I want to be respectful of your time, but I do also want to yeah. ask you, um, I want to ask you, uh, you mentioned earlier, I wonder, you know, I, I want to figure out how to do this for my kids. You mentioned your kids, you want to mm -hmm. be, you know, so there's you know the saying, um, uh, hard times make strong men, strong yep. men make easy time and easy times make weak people, yeah. something along those lines. Um, you know, you've always obviously had it rough and you've, you've gone through it and, and you may, you've been able to m create opportunities. I wouldn't say make it easy, but create opportunities, which, you know, makes life a little bit easier. Sure. Mm. So, um, as a father of, you know, almost, you know, they're not even in their teens yet. Almost. You said, you said oh, the oldest man, is 11. I feel like this 11 year old's got a mouth on them. <laughs> <laughs> so you got two yeah, years to yeah, your nine oldest. And 11, yeah. Like, like, it's yeah. 13. So like, um, what is your thought process on helping them develop to be the best versions they can be? And, you know, um, they, they might not, might not have the same struggles that you did growing up. But, you know, you still want them to be the best versions they can be. Man, that, that's a conversation Misty and I have all the fucking time. <laughs> like, we, she smiles and laughs over here, like, you know, because she's, it's, 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 it's a conversation we have. Yeah. I mean, we have it all the time. It's like, so, you know, I, I, I grew up uh, very spoiled. Mm. And, and, and it's, 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 um, there, there's, 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 I grew up very spoiled and what I had to do. So Misty grew up different. Misty grew up like with a hope chest and like having to like basically being taught from early age, like you got to be independent. Like she was, that's what I'm saying. Like her and I would never have gotten along had we met in our teens. We wouldn't have been friends. Mm. I would have been an asshole and she would have been like, fuck him. But what I had to do 
and this ties into to the boys to the question. I grew up very spoiled to the degree that if my mom, if I walked away, my mom said, "Mom, can I have some money?" She would just give me money. Like I didn't matter. You want, you know, here's credit card, here's money. Like just whatever you want, honey. Go ahead. It. it she bought my brother a Corvette and she bought me a truck. Like mm. just to kind of give you, a, a, I, okay. I didn't understand how, I didn't know how to write a check. I, I, I had no understanding of my, I had no understanding of, of, of how to be an adult. Mm. So when I moved out and, and I, I this think. This was 19 when 19. When I moved out, I moved out on the premise of fuck you. I'm out. We got an argument. With your mom? With my mom. Because my mom, she means very well. But at that age and that time of our life, she had a really good job of, I'm spoiling you, and so I need you to do this for me, which is what? It's over your head. I need you to. So it's the carrot to get you to do shit. And I I was like, man, I don't okay. know how to write a check. I can't take care of myself. Fuck this. I'm moving with my girlfriend. And so we got in an argument. Her and I, my mom and I, and then I moved in with a girlfriend. I had to learn to start taking care of my own bills and shit. Whereas Misty was different. So Misty was more on her own. She bought her first house at 22 years old. Um, you know, just, you know, she grew up more independent. Whereas I grew up where it was just the opposite. So getting away from my mom allowed me mm. to have to, and, and ruining my credit. This is why it kind of goes back. It, it all circles back ruining my credit, uh, having the chip on the shoulder, going in, you know, getting away from my mom. So I had to make those mistakes on my own. Had I stuck around, I would have been a different person. So mm. how's that tie to the boys? Mm. So I look at the boys and I'm like, okay, boys, they don't know this, but they will acquire a good amount of, of assets when her and I pass. Um, hopefully much later than sooner, We've set up a trust. They cannot, um, they can't do anything with it until they're 30. Uh, we have an individual that is re responsible if something like a case, a case of emergency button hits, they have to take care. They are responsible to grow the portfolio. We helped and taught that individual how to do what needs to be done. The podcast is there to help do that as well. It's informational. This is all a plan. If we die tomorrow, we have it in place. So we, we, we lined it up. And that's just one piece because now we ask the question, how do we not make them some rich assholes? That's the problem, right? So we try, Misty and I try to spend time on experiences. Mm. We don't really buy them a whole lot of stuff. They don't get a lot of items. We talk to them about money. Um, Jake has just bought his first stocks, you know, so like we, we, we try to teach them about the things they need to know. We try to give them that normal life. They're in public school, um, even though I despise a lot of that homework and stuff. I, I don't force homework upon them. I tell the boys, if you don't get straight A's, it's okay. You're fine. <laughs> it, don't worry about it, man. That's not what, it's not, that's not what's going to get you there. There's mm. other things you need to know. But it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard question because you just go, how do I not make them an asshole or mm. how do I make sure they stay away from drugs or this or that? Right. And I think a lot of that comes down to, this is what I've done and everyone's different, but it's who they hang around because 
Mom mm. and dad can only influence so much, but I'm very particular on who my children spend time around. So I could be completely wrong, but they, um, you know, they have friends and I'm very particular on the adults. See, I'm the, this is me. We go to a birthday party and I'm like, fuck, I got to meet a bunch of people I don't want to talk to. <laughs> Because the way I see it is that I want my kids to be interacting with certain types of individuals and certain, those individuals need to, they, those individuals are going to reflect because, so the reason we took them out of the public school that they were in, because they would be in Everman ISD, they're not in Everman ISD. We took them out of the hood public school system because we knew that if this is who's going to influence mm. them, that's a problem. So they've got to go to here. So we took them out early. They were there a little bit, but they don't remember any of it. So now they're in a better district. And that's why we did what we did because you're trying to figure out how do you, how can mm. you create it? But I, I also think at the same time, there's a lot of factors there that you can't control. Think of it like this. You, do you have any brothers or sisters? Yes. Okay. Four of them. You got four. You grew up in the same, oh, how close are you? How close? Uh, like four wise. years, four, four years apart. Four years apart. You have the same four to six. So, so you grew up in the same household. Mm -hmm. You never had the same experiences, mm, right? It's, it's completely different. I have a brother that's fourteen months apart. He is not a real estate investor. He is not a business owner. Um, he is more, a little more like Eeyore, hanging out with Eeyore, you know, uh, you know, than, than anything else. I, I love him. He's funny as fuck, but he just, he's where we have different views on so many things, but yeah, we were in the same house. Mm -hmm. and here's the thing. I'm the baby. So they say what? Well, Christopher gets everything. You take Christopher jiu-jitsu. You buy Christopher this. You got Christopher that. So the problem is, is that as much as we try to create that, you still have this other kid over here who's like, well, I got treated like this because as a kid, I got picked on. So I was like, you know what? Fuck both you brothers. Mm. I'm going to prove you wrong. So you can't, so it's so, there's, there's those factors you can't, you can't, um, make up, you can't make up and then the, who they're going to hang out with. So I think the real years are going to show up in their, I don't know, teens is what's going to happen because even though me and my brother, who's a year, a year older than I am, we, he's, he still got off into things he wasn't supposed to get off into. And, and I went off on a different path and I try to model. So what I try to do is model a lot of stuff that was done for me through Orlando, Randy, and those guys. Um, you know, I don't know, man, it might backfire on me. It, it, it's, you know, it might backfire on me. I try to do the opposite of what my mom did to some degrees. Um, you know, it, mm. it's, it's a, I ask that question all the time how do I, how do I get these guys ready? You know, how do I get them ready? Because what, because my vision is different than most. So what I see, I look at things and I think I like Trammel Crow. It's a family that has built an empire. Kennedy's Trammel Crow. You start studying these people. They are all tight knit together for a reason. And it wasn't by accident. Mm -hmm. So that's what I have this thing. Like I'm going to start it. So Another, you know, why did things happen? So my granddad, we grew up in Ir Irving and they had a farm, the story farm. And, mm. and if you, Grawweiler to Pioneer, O'Connor to MacArthur, it was a huge farm. And 
the they sold off all the land. I grew up in the farmhouse. Granddad lived across the street, the house he built, and they were like early sellers, like nineteen twenty nine or or even before that. So Granddad has the house. Somewhere in about two thousand eight, the state comes through, and he still has some land and takes the land. The land is worth well over a million. They end up selling that land. The, the state does eminent domain. Eminent, takes, yep. They take the land. And so in my mind, in 08, it just reinforced even more when that happened mm. that I'm going to fucking, I'm going to, I'm going to, in the words of Kanye West, get my 40 acres back. Mm. I'm coming back for my 40 acres. And, and I, that's what I was after. That's oh. what I've been after. I want my 40 acres back. You motherfuckers took it. I want it back. I'm going to start, I'm going to, I'm going to finish what granddad started mm. and didn't mean to start because they sold that land off. The money went, parents, they went to all the brothers, the land, the money was all pissed away, but everyone pissed it away um, because they didn't know what to do with it. You know, you don't know what you don't know. So that's kind of what that comes down to. Right. But, uh, and so I wanted to make sure that I was going to do that. So, so in my eyes, what I'm building with the boys is much deeper than what most parents think. I'm thinking generationally down the road of you have to not start. You don't have to finish what I start. I'm finishing what granddad started and you got to take it over. And then your kids have to take that shit over and your kids. And this needs to stay going for a longer time. So whatever I manage to build up to and, and get to, and then you have to start stepping in, you have to 10 X and double that and grow that. And my job is to teach you, what I know, and you take it further. Mm. That's my story. I love that. And I'm yeah. sticking to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, for sure. I love that. Um, you know, our we have a daughter. She's 16 months. And so, you know, we have these conversations because at some point she'll start learning uh, or learning more about life. And, you know, she'll get to her teenage years, which are very transformative. So, um, and one of my ideas, it's like, uh, I listened from, um, Patrick, Pat, Pat David, which he said he buys his kids everything they want, mm -hmm. but at home, everything he buys them has a price and the yeah. price is not currency. The price is, okay, you want this that I bought you? Okay. You have to mm -hmm. read X amount of books and then you'll get that. Yeah. Sure, I'll get you what you want, but you just you, before you get it and play with it, you have to, you know, read X amount of books depending on the item yeah. or whatever it is they want. I'm like, oh gosh, that's such a great idea. You know, I, it, it's I, I don't. I wish there was an answer. You just because I've had that same question with other people with kids older, and it's like they're gonna turn out. They're gonna they're gonna turn out however they're gonna turn out, and we can do the best we can because you would think. Fuck, I have this conversation with Alvarez all the time. Like, you know, he's like, you could do all this and they just, it's just, they're going to be who they're going to be. And and I think there's a, there's things we can do, but I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's a right answer. I don't think there is a there's, right, there's answer, a right answer, answer for sure. Just, I think there's just, you know, different tools and tactics and see what works and see what you're gravitated towards and test it out. Does, you know, but yeah, yeah I, for I definitely, sure. for me, jujitsu is a big part. I want them to be a part of that. Same. Um, I, you know, like do jujitsu just for the self development part. But, you know, if they want to, if he wants to be a basketball player, he plays basketball. Like, I'm fine with that. I don't stop him from doing that. Um, it's just, there's, man, it's, it's such a hard one because you just want him to, I like, I, I think, like, personally, and especially kind of, you know, just attended this, uh, 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 
Tony Robbins seminar. And I think it's really, I think, I think it's helping them figure out their why, you know, and their why is going to be shaved depending on how they grow up, especially the first 12 years are tremendous. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at 12 years old, they, they already see the world as a certain way. It's already, you know, and so I think it's, I think that the key is really helping them figure out what it is that they want to do. Right. Um, And asking those questions, not say, hey, you should do this with your life. Right. Of course. I mean, you you can give them options and and things they can take off. But I think um, modeling. Modeling. That's that's probably what we spend most of our time. I think if, if anything, yeah. Misty would agree with that model. Sure. We spend a lot of time modeling, and and so they know Oof. dad's going to run, dad's going to do this, mm. dad's going to do that. Mm-hmm. I want so so I have my eleven year olds like I want to open a jujitsu school, I want to I want to build houses. We take them so like like when we were buying we started we were buying houses. We would take them with us. They they've they've just known that they go and they see when we show houses when we do meetings like they sit on. They sit on in on every almost every conversation we have, unless it's about them. For the most part, they get to hear all the business That's conversations. Awesome. They get to be a part of all of it, and I think that is the one thing wow. that we can control. That I try to help with, so that you know um, that they they can model after that because you know what the health, the fitness. That's why I'm big on the fitness, the competing. You know, yeah, that, all that stuff. That's it, huge, great foundation. And they're going to gravitate towards it. Because, like, Jake's never really like, I want to compete. Like, he'll tell me I want to compete, but he doesn't want to. But he knows dad's going on a plane to go fight. So he's, but he's not after it. But I think if you stop and you look at some of the parents and the kids have done certain things, is they're, they're modeled after. So what mm. I, what I don't want is Jake to be so pigeonholed that he can't take care of himself and mm. he's only like this. So I think there is a degree of that. But I think modeling is probably the, it's probably the number one thing that, that at least I can control and do every day. So, you know, for sure. One thousand percent. Just basic shit. Just do the basic stuff and do what you need to do. Take care of certain things and they'll, they'll grow up and go. I remember my mom and my dad used to do this. My mom said this. My dad said that, you know, uh, I have a phrase in our house that says stupid games get stupid prizes. So when they do stupid things, they get stupid prizes. They look and tell, <laughs> they tell each other like they're like, they'll be like, Jake, I, you know, they'll look at you like you got a stupid prize because you did something that you weren't supposed to do. So I think just the modeling has the most of it. And, you know, I don't know. Yeah, for sure. It's a hard one, man. Yeah, no, I definitely. I mean, there's definitely no right or wrong answer, you know, but I think sometimes I think it helps even like other parents are like just stuck and like, well, what do, what do I do? What should I do? You know, um, and especially when when. No, knowing that that like knowing that phrase of like hard time makes mm. uh, you know strong people and that sort of things are like okay, how do I prevent from like you know making easy times like destructive for them instead of yeah. you know instead of the opposite, which is creating opportunities so that they can go and create more and be what I, they want to be. I try to make shit hard for them. Misty's mm. a little bit different. She's she's a little more the. Uh, the other way, she's a little more lenient, but I try to make shit hard. Mm. I do it on purpose. You know, I'm a little more rigid. Um, so they need, they get a break from me by hanging out with Misty, but they know, like, like, you know, you, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're getting looked at for a certain way. And again, I could be completely wrong because that was 
But I also remember, I think, I try to think back, like, what did Orlando do with me? Mm. So that's what I ask. Right. How, how was I taught? How was I at that age? But Orlando didn't have me when I was, when I was little. So my view is I was already palatable or I, I was already not moldable. I was already mm. moldable. But, but like right now, they're still to that age where they do stupid shit. And you're like, why did you do that? And, you know, or they kind of, you know, Jake's getting like, he argues a little bit with certain things. Whereas, you know, when I was 13, like it was, I was kind of ready for it. So I, 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 I try to model as much as I can after what was done with me with Orlando. And I just hope that that that's going to play out. I don't know what's going to play out, but I hope that's going to play out. For sure. We can only do the best we can do. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and that's how it goes. So, uh, I honestly have lots of questions. Um, but I do want to be respectful of your time. We, we are about to go for three hours. Three. Dude, ask away. If you got more, ask. I'll let it. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't. How, how about I, 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 I have you back because I also have to edit this okay. for three whole hours. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, um, I but I, I would definitely have you back again for sure because I mean, I, I, I love, I love, I didn't want to interrupt either because I yeah. want, I want no, to listen yeah, yeah, to your yeah, story. Yeah. Um, and I want to listen to your story, story. Yeah, yeah. that's my story. <laughs> I'm know? sticking to it. <laughs> and, uh, no, it's great. It's wonderful. And I think it's such a light for, you know, un- individuals that maybe feel lost that think that maybe school is the answer, but they don't know what they want to do. So it's mm. like, why go spend thousands of school and you're unsure about what you want to yeah. do. And it's yeah. like, you know, for some people might be, well, this is the answer because I've been told, you know, that school, it's my only ticket to success. Yeah. And, you know, I love that that is not the case. Like you can be anyone. And as long as you figure out what it is that drives you and then you put in the work and you keep pushing until you get what you want and then life changes, priority changes and just learning to adjust. And, and I love that. Success is different for everybody. That's mm. the thing too. What, yes. what you deem successful, someone else may not. Right. And they may go, that's not successful. So I think that's a big part. That's something I had to pick up was over the years. Cause it, I, my version is very large Whereas someone else may say, no, that, that's straight. You're good. So I think that's, it's different. Yes. Different yes. mentality. For so. sure. And every, every episode I end it with two final questions. Yeah. Um, one of them is what is the greatest piece of advice you've ever received? Um, man, I don't know. Um, there's, there's a shit ton. <laughs> if, if I had to, I had to narrow it down. Man, you made me think on that one because it's just one. <sighs> on real estate, buy more assets. On in in terms of, you know, I think. I think, and I don't know. I don't know if I I could could narrow one. Give me your item your top down. three there, or your three more uh, life changing. I think it all depends on where I'm at in my life at that time. <laughs> Cause I like to tell my kids stupid games, get stupid prizes. They'll change their life. <laughs> uh, I, I think re being, you know, reading was a big one. Mm. Um, I think that was a big one. Uh, another one too is, is, you know, I, I would say reading was probably one of the biggest things. I think just being introduced to that was probably the largest one because that That's... laid everything out. So, I think everything else from there just followed behind. So I, I would say 
you know, even if it's audio books, man, you, you gotta, it's that personal development. And, I love and that. so I don't know if I'd say it was a certain line. Um, I'm sure I walk away from here like, damn, that was the one I, I that was the one that, that, that would be the one. But I think, I think personal development, just being introduced to how important that is because mm. we all have a cap and a ceiling and if we don't utilize, and if we don't work on that, we're just going to end up, you know, wandering through life. So bitter. Um, yeah depressed just not having direction not even knowing that you're doing it you're just you're just doing it so unconscious unconscious i think just reading in general being introduced and saying hey man if you want to get i was told if you want to go further you need to read and Mm. that was that i was told that like orlando was like you need to read if you want to go further and so i think that has it's probably one of the biggest ones and that's it so today i mean i have so many books i lay books around the house I don't know if anybody does that, but I like, I'm, I'm sure Misty's like, damn, what's that book? Like, so there's books around the house because of that, because I'm always searching for that next thing, mm. not the next thing, but just a little bit more, a little more understanding. You know, I can sit here and talk to you and, and, pro- and provide more context to things that I might have just read two hours ago or a couple days ago or whatnot. It's like, oh, that really clicks. That situation's that. So I would say reading. I would say that's probably the number one thing. Audio books if, if needed, but but reading would, I would say, be one of the ones. I, I love that. I mean, if you think about it, it's like knowledge of like years compressed very eloquently mm-hmm. into Time collapse. Just time, time collapse. Time collapse. It's like if it takes you a month, a week, a day, whatever it is that takes you to read a book, it's like that month, say it takes a month, you just, in that month, you just saved like, 10 years yeah. basically if mm-hmm. not longer if not more yeah yeah um yeah. so and beautiful then, oh, i love that you said top three learn from other people's mistakes that, I, I spent a lot of time on that. that that helped a lot just doing like like um you know and, and 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 you actually whether you know it or not you see me go through that process when you know just jujitsu wise like if like you know i know you're training with you know danielle but like it's like you see me like I'm learning from his mistakes, the shit he's done that he's already done. I'm, I'm learning from that. I'm like, okay, yeah, don't be do don't do that. You know, why reinvent, right. why reinvent if it's, if it's fucking working. So let's go ahead and figure that out. So that's, I would say another one is, is just that. So read a lot, you know, if, uh, and then on top of the reading, if you are not reading, it is forced illiteracy. I'm being told that. Mm. You are forcing yourself to be illiterate. Ooh. I was like, "Oh damn, okay, I okay. guess I'm illiterate then." But I like that. Go ahead, Misty. She, you have one. Is there one you? Huh? Looks will fade. Choose wisely. That's Misty. Misty says, "Looks will fade." She's trying to throw herself in. <laughs> She's like, "I'm gonna get old one day, honey." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Ooh. getting along with your spouse can go a long way because mm-hmm. they'll fuck around and end up putting you in a position where you don't get to do anything you want in your life. So mm. yeah, that's a huge one. So yeah. I was just thinking success and growth. I wasn't thinking marriage, but I, yeah, definitely choose wisely. We make jokes about that all the time. Yeah, so. definitely. I would, all, everything you're saying is gold because how are you going to, I mean, if you don't have a supportive spouse, which I've been there, I mean, Logan is the complete opposite of even my ex. I had an yeah. ex, somebody that's not supportive and then somebody that's, like 10,000 times supportive. And so, so much, having yeah. that, that just experience, it just makes you, had I had Logan from day one, I probably wouldn't have appreciated him as much as I appreciate him now. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, the support, it's big. It's being a team. So on that, mm. on that advice is like, like I don't look at Misty as like, I never refer to her as the ball and chain Oh, the ball and chain or, Oh man, she's this or that. Like, Oh man, like I got to ask my wife. I'm not that it's, we're not that kind of marriage. Like oh, I got to ask my wife, like I already know what she thinks. So I really don't have to ask Misty, you know, it's like she and same mm. thing. So I look at Misty as a teammate. So that's what choose wisely. They need to be a teammate. Needs to be Ooh. someone you're actually like you're a team. Like I like like it's me and her. That was one. There you go. That's so on your point, Misty. It, it, if you said choose wisely, it's actually it's me and you against the world. I used to mm. hear that from I used to hear that from Orlando a lot. It's me and Serena against the world. I love that. So hearing that as a, growing up, I was like, all right, it's me and my wife against the world. Well, uh, ex girlfriend, you're out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I need a better partner, you know. Yes. So yes, so it's me and her against the world. Mm. And so if that means that her parents or my parents are not in the picture, I'm willing to let all of that go. Mm. I'm fine with that. I will lose every family member over me and her against the world. I will love lose that. anybody against that if it's not in line with what I want. And that's it. So I would say, read. It should be your wife as a partner that, or your spouse should be a partner that's you and them against the world and it's nobody else. This mm. is Jay-Z. That's Jay-Z and <laughs> <Yes>. Beyonce. <laughs> the blueprint. So, yes. So yeah. And then model. Model whatever it is that you want to achieve. Model whatever you want to achieve. I love, those are bomb, bomb answers. Yeah. Um, and my, my final question is, what is your personal definition of happiness? Everybody has different, every, it's, things make people, Different th things make people so happy. I, I agree with Tony Robbins on progress. Um, I've experienced time where I'm not progressing in life and I'm unhappy. And, and Or you hit a certain point and you think you've made a certain amount of money, you've gotten certain material items, you've hit certain goals, and you're empty. And it's a really odd feeling to get there. And so, and I was warned of that too. Mm. Um, so I think progress is what it is. And, and, and so mm. I think that that progress could be a numerous amount of things. Time, I, I, I value time so much more now. And so I think happiness to me is, is being able to spend that time the way that I want it. Mm and making progress at the same time. So wow. it's not necessarily going to be just saying, you know, oh, well, if I get this, I'm going to be happy because I, I can, I can just straight up say like, you can make a couple million, you know, you can, you can make a couple million bucks and buy a bunch of assets and be like, oh, I did this. And then next thing you know, you're just fucking empty. But if you have progress into something, that progress could be helping someone. It could be jujitsu it could be i mean there's numerous things right as long as you're moving forward progress equals happiness and i and that's tony robbins and i 100 percent agree with that and that is not the same for everyone it's different for everybody but i think that progress is helpful i i think i can well if it's not the same for everyone i i second you on that yeah i think it's different for everybody as far as the like their, what their progress is is going to be different but i think if people focus on progress it creates more happiness um because i mean just to sit around i think humans have a purpose we have something we should be doing should be providing yes um and and if you're not you know you're just you're just wasting away whatever reason so 
I think that we, that progress is important and whatever that progress is. So I don't fully agree with the passion thing. And I'll tell you why you can live in your passion and it turn into a nightmare. Mm. I've experienced that. You can live in your passion and it turns to a nightmare. And you can be like, I'm passionate about this. I'm living mm. it. I'm making money from it. And I love it. But when you start making money from something you love, it no longer is social norms. It's now market norms. Mm. The same rules do not apply. That's why you could, I could teach jujitsu for free all fucking day long. But when you pay me for it, it's not the same. Mm. It's completely different. And so that's why some people don't go into certain businesses and they keep it to the side. Competition for me is happiness. The competitive progress is happiness. The progress and growth is happiness. The building a business is happiness. The buying back my fucking time is happiness. Just saying I can do what I want when I want and be able to get up and go where I want with Misty because there's no way else I want to do it with. <laughs> but you know, to be able to do that stuff, that's it. And then I also, on the happiness part too, it is not about the kids. The wife comes first because those kids are going to leave you. one day and when they fucking leave, I'm going to be left looking at her and it's going to be her and I. And if we don't know each other and we're not friends, mm. why the fuck did we stay together? So yes. the kids understand moms and dad, are, are we're about us first. And then you guys are very important, but I'm not going to, we're not going to pour ourselves into the kids and go, it's just the kids right. and then look at each other and be like, well, who are you? Cause you, we, her and I've talked about that where we know certain people who kids leave the house and the parents don't like each other or they don't get along or they're like, hurry up and leave. I'm more like, Misty, what are you doing? What are you up to? What are you up to? And she does it to me. She's like, Hey, you like, so I think happiness is, is, is that is progress of whatever you're chasing. Love that. So, I love that. Hope that makes sense. It does. Well, uh, Christopher, thank you again for absolutely for being here, sharing sharing your heart. Like I felt it. Like I, it's it's so genuine. It's so so you're so wise. You know. Um, thank you. Thank you. You've had you've had such great experience, and I think it helps a lot of people. A lot of people nowadays are confused. They don't know what to do. You know, there's all these shiny things. Especially, I think social media doesn't really help uh, because they don't mm -hmm. really they they want to chase you know, versus saying, Hey, I don't care if I lose you as a friend, I'm going for yeah. this. Right. So, um, I think you're really a light, um, for lots and lots of individuals. I love your story. And, uh, I just want to thank you so much for sharing that with yeah, us. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yes. All right, everyone. Well, follow Christopher. How can they find you? Um, so our podcast is real estate investing for retirement. I said, we don't make any money on it. We just like to share stories. Um, and then uh, it's Christopher story on social media, just Facebook, um, just Christopher story. And then Instagram, that's one of those. I don't remember. Uh, and <laughs> I think it's like Christopher story TX or some shit, but, uh, and then YouTube Christopher story is, is that so, but yeah, just, I mean, and your podcast so, is on, uh, of course, on, on iTunes, Spotify, and we have it on YouTube, but most, most downloads and stuff come from iTunes, from iTunes, Spotify. Than anything else. So but it's just, Again, it's just all real estate. Some of it's real estate investing. Some of it's just business. Um, I like looking at other businesses to see what they do because that's where you get a lot of ideas. So, yeah, yes. that's how to follow us. Um, talk about, you know, a bridge modeling. I mean, you have somebody here that's put in the hard work, the grind, um, and has created 
people in the past created bridges for you and now you have created those bridges for others. So, you know, check it out. Your very last one, you said advice. You have to help the next person. Oh, that's it. So Boom. there you go. I'm leaving it at that. Boom. <laughs> I'll drop my mic, mic on, drop. That. Yes. on that. You, you're, you're responsible to help the next person. Whatever you were given, you got to give it back. Say no more. I was told that. I was actually told, I'm helping you. Rainy's like, I'm helping you. You've got to help the next person. Ooh. And if you do that, that's my payment. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining. That's that. I can't get better than that. Thank you. <laughs>